cause I'm doing me Still shine with no jewelry I would rather have the unity It's gonna be you if it's you or me No tears in my mama's eyes Got a team full of routed eyes Hail Mary nigga rock a bar Rock a bar All eyes on me Made it out the hood, I'm so grateful Never know what talent gonna take it Jealous niggas never made a breakthrough That's why they watch it so hateful All eyes on me They say the top is so lonely What's going on, y'all? This is my expert opinion show, the greatest show in the world, 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 world. Hit that like, hit that share, let everybody know you in here. Don't cost you no paper unless you's a motherfucker. Hater, 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 hater. <laughs> and don't be one of those. I couldn't get hate in there because I'm, I was replicating the beat. I know exactly. The loving, the loving the joint that y'all did. Thank you, man. With Ninth Wonder. So I had to really focus on that. I couldn't throw hate in there. So. I, listen, haters don't belong everywhere. That's a fact. Sometimes yeah. it's just love. Sometimes it's just love. Sometimes it's just love. That's because yeah. you threw the snares. It was the sample. It was the sample. Yeah. It was the sample. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes all you need is love. Speaking of love, one time for Math Hoffer, feel better, bro. We understand you're under a lot of pressure. Sit your ass down, get some ginseng, get some ginger. <laughs> Stay still. Stop running around, fucking doing it to yourself. Sit your ass down, be still, get better. Thank you very much. With that being said, one time for my brother Substantial, adultish. This shit is fire. The hoodie god has spoken. This, this shit is fire. That's all I wanted to say. One time for Substantial. Yes. Champ. What's good, my brother? How you holding, King? Easy like a Sunday morning, cooler than the other side of the pillow. That's right. <laughs> uh, everything is well. Everything's great. Happy to be home, to be free, not around fuck people. Uh, glad to be around some great, great, amazing legend. Um, Thanks, staff, Thank and everything. Uh, make sure for all your incarcerated loved ones, y'all go to yktvmagazine.com. You know to the get vibes. The magazines with a uh, West Side Gun on the front, and you know we got the ladies and all that sprinkled in there. So make sure y'all hit that up. Uh, that website and get your uh, incarcerated people the things they need for for their entertainment. Yes, Gat, we here. Yo, the Brooklyn Way episode twelve, season yes. three, out right now. Finale. My expert opinion to be in the finale. Mm -hmm. uh, Make some noise for that. Make some noise. Yeah, yeah, single. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. We back outside. New single dropping this week with my guy Redman featuring Redman. Make some noise what for that. Saying? Make some noise for that. Redman, we dropped this. <laughs> niggas, big Aries. We back outside, man. Big Brooklyn. I don't think you ever go inside. <laughs> I do. Unless it's the ladies. I don't know if you know what inside looks like. I really don't. I think somebody just brings your clothes to you. You just get dressed wherever you can. I don't. I don't think you have yeah. it inside. I don't. Okay, as long as we have that sandwich. Chas, <laughs> how you feel? I'm good today. I'm not Mike, but I do want to openly say thank you to all you three guys. Yes, we for have. supporting me this weekend. I'm yes. my grandmother. All right, oh, grandma. Peace, grandma. Sorry, condolences. Yes, peace. Thank you, thank you. So thank you, my brothers. For we love you, sis. Thank yes. You. Rest in peace, new angel alert. Chastity's grandmoms, rest in peace. Yes. Life well lived. We were at the uh, we we're at the funeral. We we're at the repast. We saw all those generations of people that love you and, and couldn't wait to honor you and had nothing but great things to say about you. 
And we have to thank you personally here at My Expert Opinion because thanks to you, we got her. Exactly. <laughs> and the food was fire. Yeah. Woo. That ZD was different. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quiet on that. I know ZD, but I'm going to be quiet. Gang, salute to the crew. Talking to you two. <laughs> and now, without any further ado, any further hee-haw guffaw, I'd just like to introduce you guys to, you know, there's, there's, there's this thing of unsung heroes. We have a lot of that. We also have people who influence the game so deeply that by the time it gets back around to the people who are using it, they don't even know where they got it from. <laughs> a lot of your favorites have these fellas DNA all in their blueprint. Mm -hmm. And thanks to us, at my expert opinion, you're about to meet the forefathers of some of your favorites. We got a little brother in the building. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Even though they so grown much, ass man. men. Yeah, man. We always talk about Kale Saddle and shit, man. <laughs> on purpose. Listen, hey, look, we got a phone on this thing, bro. Before I turn 45 on the 28th, I turn 44 in February. Oh, shit. No, no, no. One time. One time. Yes, sir. Got to move different. Grown, it's, it is different out here being grown in a game where people, in a genre of music where nobody wanted to see it. Grow, or we, ne yeah. we never pictured it. You, nobody that pictured part. being that part yeah. in their forties, still doing the things that you were doing back then. Well, yeah, the level is higher, but the fans are still the same. You still have the. I went to the Little Brother show over at uh, Brooklyn Bowl. Mm -hmm. The Ellis line was, "Our fans got four hundred one k's. They show up. They hear some dope rap." They go to fuck home. They send the babysitter home. <laughs> yeah. This is all fair, baby. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was um, something that, you know, we um, had to, when we came back out, we put out our album, Made a Little Watch, in 2019. And that was our first album in 20, since, that was the first album in like 10 years. Since 2010. 2010, yeah. yeah. And so we were coming back into the marketplace, and the thing that we had to, we understood, we saw, was that a lot of the promoters they were still kind of stuck in 2005. Like they were still trying to, you know, have us, okay, so we want to have, you know, three opening acts. We was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, we're not going on stage at 11.30. Nigga, our fans got to go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, so it was just one of those things where we just saw, like, like you said, people didn't understand that in hip hop, your audience, they will grow with you, but you just have to meet them where they are. You know what I'm saying? So when we went out and did our shows, we was just like, we had our policy. We like, look, we running on time. You know what I'm saying? Doors is at seven. You know what I'm saying? DJ going to eight, nine, nine thirty. We on stage. You know what I'm saying? 11 o'clock, it's a wrap. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> 11 30 midnight, you back home in your bed. Yeah. You don't hear artists to say that. Ever. <laughs> yeah, that punctuality, Ever. those rules, nah, you never hear that. Nah, man, nah, that, that was um, that was important. Yeah, that was important for us. I mean, because it ain't even just about the audience; it's about us too, man. Mm -hmm. you know, right. We got force, man. Yeah, right. force. Phone that thing, cause <laughs> I ain't I ain't trying to be going on. I don't. When I'm at home, I ain't out after twelve, man. Right. Like it has to be very <laughs> special for me to be outside after twelve. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do that when I'm working either. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. So you know, just. For us, for our fans, we just wanted to make sure that could we in this together. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's nah, 20 years. Legit. A lot of these fans been here for 20 years. Right. So if they been here for 20 years. They got 20 year lives. <laughs> they like, got listen. kids. They got, you know, like. Jobs. Even, yeah, jobs. Like, even, you know, the cost of, like, a concert ticket. You know, we were even, you know, me and Pooh would have conversations with, like, you know, promoting, just, you know, doing our shows. And it's just like, dude, the price of a ticket is not just the ticket. Mm-hmm. These people, they got a part. They probably had to hire a babysitter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They gonna you know, go get dinner. They'll get dinner. Yeah, like it's a mm-hmm. it's a night. And it's a budget. You it's a budget. budget. You got a budget for that. It's the entertainment budget. Yeah, and you know if you're you know especially if you married or you know you got you know a lady or you know you have a person. Our thing was we always wanted our shows to be like a date night show. Like hmm. you can bring your lady to a little brother show and <laughs> she can have just as much fun as all the guys. Like it's it's mm. it's just a great experience. And, um, you know, man, that's just something that um, I think just that consideration for our fans and like being tapped in and just really thinking, I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't want to go no show that started at 11. I don't think they would either. I think that's played a big role in our longevity. All right, ladies, leave it in the comments. Is this acceptable for a date night? You, <laughs> we know you beefing with Applebee's, so I want to know if a little brother show is, is cool to oh do. Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's. I know Applebee's, Cheesecake Factory. BBQ. Starbucks. They beefing with everything. <laughs> I just need to know if a, if a little brother show is acceptable. It sounds like a great night to me, but leave it in the comments. Let me know what you think. Can we bring you to a little brother show? Is that cool? We still get some ass after we, we get out of there early enough is that yeah yeah because you walk out feeling good like we want people like to walk out of our show like feeling you know rejuvenated and like mm-hmm. feeling you know feeling inspired and your music your music takes people back to a time when it was like at that those years you know you had yourselves you had slum village yes, you had indeed. kanye you had common early you had kanye. most deaf talib you had all these people that there was an uprising happening mm-hmm. at that time in hip-hop that wasn't seen since Tribe and the Aquarians in yeah. the early 90s. So it's nostalgic. I go, I, I was on my way here listening to uh, The Minstrel. Ah, Minstrel's album, yeah. yeah. Thank you, And bro. I'm like, this reminds me of 05. I remember all <laughs> the records that came out that year based off of that. So going to a concert is like, I remember that time I was in college or I was doing this and I was doing that. You know what I mean? So You know what's funny though? I the shows it. don't feel that way. The shows don't Thank feel you, nostalgic. Well, the shows just you saying the shows in general or this? No, their okay. show right now does not. It doesn't. We're gonna take y'all back. There's not a lot mm. of mm-hmm. that kind that's, of talk. That's one thing me and Tay was very intentional about. Mm-hmm. We understand nostalgia. We do not play into nostalgia. You don't live mm. there. Nah. We don't live you there. Live there. We don't visit there. Mm-hmm. We don't. It's we going forward, and we're gonna take you forward with us, and it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Not saying you can't be nostalgic when you hear certain things, because we all do it. We hear mm-hmm. record, we like, oh shit, man, I know where I was when that yeah, happened. Yeah. But that's but not the way as an artist. Like, no, I don't think we, that's we go, a good we one. We go yeah. forward. We yeah. don't live looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And that, so that's, you, that was in, we was intentional about that, Make, in making music and doing the show. Everything we do, actually. So how, how, how easy was the process in shaking that off? Like, because artists who've come out years prior and then they, they create new projects and now they're here in the present. Yeah. You have fans that's still stuck in that mindset. So how do you shake that? You gotta leave them where they are. Everybody can't go. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Straight up. Like everybody, everybody can't go. Like, and, right, and right. I mean, when you start, I was always told when you start listening to fans, you're in trouble. Yeah, but isn't the consumer always right? Isn't that like a sales model? Uh, 
Uh, what, I mean, maybe for other people, not for us. It's what business? It's like I, I, I think about like the the uh, you know the the quote uh, Henry Ford said. You know, if I would have asked the consumer what they wanted, they would have told me they wanted a faster horse. Mm. You feel me? Right. Like it's about evolving. Thank you. I got you. You know what I mean? I and so, and sometimes you know people they don't know what they want until they see it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, like, you know, I just want a faster horse, but yo, this Model T, this shit fly, nigga. Like, you know right, what I right, mean? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Six horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so sometimes you have to be that, but for, you know, the people who don't get it, you just kind of got to, it's like, well, all right, well, it's Thank not a lose-lose because yeah, it's like, y'all still got the old race. Y'all just listening to them. Thank right. y'all for, you know, the part of the ride y'all was on and this section of the ride ain't for y'all. Right, and, and it's you all, it's all love. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> there it is. It's still you. all love with me. So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you make? That's the wrong word to use. I don't want to say how do you make sense, but how did like when you hear uh, an artist we were talking before the camera started? Yeah, yeah. You hear somebody like Andre Three Thousand talking about rapping in his forties and what does he have to tell people at at forty whatever? I think he said forty eight. What does he yeah, have yeah. to tell people at forty eight? Rap about a call it out like he's. He's actively, we've said before here that he's actively in his own way, I feel. I've, I've said straight up, I think he's in his own way. I think he's in his own head. Was that you speaking as a fan? No, not that's me That's Andre's me speaking. Position. That's me speaking. I'm definitely not speaking from his POV, but I'm not speaking as a fan. I'm speaking as a cultural advocate, like an, mm. a creative advocate. I don't think artists ever play out. Especially mm-hmm. not somebody with that level of creativity. Yeah, there's facts. there's something that he can say. There was a time when Andre 3000 said, the South got something to say. Right. That hasn't changed. The South still has something to say. I believe he still has something to say. They're from the South. Mm-hmm. They still got something yeah. to say. But and that's, that's our journey. I mean, that's like, you know, I've read that we were talking off camera, but yeah, man, I, I read, you know, that quote that Andre said. And I understand exactly where he's coming from. Like, I completely get it um, because it's different. I think it's different as an MC. Like, you know, you can be a 48-year-old producer. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You can be a 48-year-old drummer. I mean, I look at, you know, Questlove, Amir, you know what I mean? Dude, Nobody cares. He's still, you know, in his 50s, still just killing shit. You know Actor, what I mean? Actor, poet. But, right. But as an MC, there's that, it's kind of a stigma where, you know, you get older and you're, comparing yourself against past work mm-hmm. and it's it can be hard to find okay I, I i i did all these things but where am i now and i get it i mean i did my first i didn't do my first solo album until 2011 and then i didn't make my next one until 2018 mm-hmm. just because i had to stop and realize like all right so much of my earlier work was built on like was driven by like struggle and driven by kind of like survival mode and now it's, you know, however, you know, years later. And I'm like, man, I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you ain't broke no more, nigga. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're used to creating from that space and you don't know how to access a, that other part of your creativity to, to, to get it open, it can feel like, damn, 48 is the end of it. And, you know, for me, one of the things that helped me kind of get through that stigma was that you can't think of yourself as a 44, I'm 44, you can't think of yourself, if you think of yourself as a 44-year-old rapper, you're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. You got to think of yourself as a 44-year-old writer. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just, it's like, I'm, it's not just rapping, you know, I'm a storyteller. Creative. And as long as you feel like you have a compelling story to tell, 
um, then there's always going to be an audience for it. Like I remember his quote, he was saying, man, what I'm going to do, rap about a colonoscopy? I would absolutely listen to that. <laughs> like, that would be fascinating to me. But if it ain't fascinating to him, then, right. you know, it's not going to. So I think everyone just has their own walk in this. They have their own journey in it. And uh, you just kind of got to, you know, just let people find their way. You know what, what I mean? Think, so I get it. I'm the big boy of this situation. I keep getting shots off. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have that problem. I think, I mean, because like it's, it's it's about individual journey. You know what I mean? Like, right. so for me, like I didn't have people hailing me as one of the greats and and all that. Like individually, like mm-hmm. I didn't get that. So for me, it was a constant. Oh, I'm gonna show you niggas then. I'm gonna mm-hmm. show you niggas then. I'm gonna show you niggas then. Oh, you mm-hmm. still don't believe? I'm gonna show you again. So that was my my thing. So I, I you got man. some artists that catch their breaks at forty. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You got too. some artists yeah. that really catch their breaks at forty. They've been doing it their whole life, forty years old, forty five, and they popping now. You like damn, bro? Yeah. To that, mm-hmm. made a little watch in twenty nineteen. I was thirty nine. Mm-hmm. I just I put out my last solo record in twenty twenty two. I was mm-hmm. forty two. Mm-hmm. Niggas say that's the best work of my career. That's crazy. The yeah, best work of my career. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not shocked. Yeah, it's it's different. It's, it's not it's not something that you know. I think with, with hip hop, with just particularly you know with MCing, it's not a physical game, right? It's not like all right, my knees getting bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just you just you know your knees get bad. It's like you just ain't going up against these 25 year olds every night. They're gonna you know what I mean? It's, it's nothing. They're gonna smoke. They smoking your ass. You know what I mean? They're gonna pack you up real fast. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But in hip hop, you know, as a, as a writer, you know what I mean? Your your brain, you know, you get sharper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I remember reading an interview with uh, with Martin Scorsese. He was um, it was a, he was promoting his new movie, The Killers of the Flower Moon Joint, uh-huh. and he said he said you know, I'm eighty. He's eighty. God, eighty four, five. He's in his eighties. Yeah, he's like in his eighties now. And he said, you know, I finally now, I understand what cinema can be. I understand the power of it, mm. but it's too late. Mm. This is a nigga that made Goodfellas, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mad classic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and this is him saying, like, you know, after a 60-year career, I'm just now understanding the power of what this medium can be. And I think that just speaks to just the life of an artist, you know, is the older you get, I think there's just a curiosity about yourself that doesn't exist in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, your 20s is, you know, it's just all piss and vinegar. It's just, I'll huff, I puff, I blow your house down. Your 30s is, I'll huff, I puff, I blow your house down, but I'm going to find a smarter way to do it. Finally, when you get to your 40s, it's like, why the fuck am I blowing down houses? <laughs> it's like, there's another way to live my life. Like, this, you know what I mean? But you don't really, you start to examine that. And I think having that self-examination, that self-reflection... Uh, when you know how to tap into it, I think it makes for a stronger artist. And with hip hop still being a relatively young genre, mm. you know what I mean? I think we're just at a point now where people are trying to figure that out and we're just not getting. I think, you know, the 40, 50 year old dudes in like 20, 30 years, like Ice Spice in 30 years, she's going to be amazing. Like she's going to be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> there will be a blueprint laid for that. You feel me? Right, right. You right, understand? Right, okay, like there's a okay. track. Because the blueprint is being laid. It's being laid speak. now. Right, you know right, what I mean? Okay. So, you know, it'll be it'll be there. But, when she um, gets married, when she has a kid, like all that stuff is right there for, I see what you're saying. You feel me? You know what I mean? So, so yeah, right. man. But I also look at examples like, you know, Hove, for example, 100%. right? 100%. He, as he evolved, he talked about the things that he's evolving through. 
Absolutely. Right? Sort of like you guys, right? There's certain things you're evolving through that you're like, I could talk about this. Mm-hmm. I can talk about that now. Andre 3000, he does, I feel like he doesn't have that spirit in him, right? It's like, I'd rather do things musically through production to convey my love for music in contrast part, to actually That's what talking about. Mm-hmm. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Real. Really because he can talk about a lot about a lot of shit. It's mad shit going on. Let me just pick a fucking topic and talk about it. <laughs> you can, Sixteen you, bars every fucking six months. You can talk. You can talk about. You can talk about whatever. But like Tay said, you gotta you gotta look at yourself as a writer and not a rapper. Right. Right. right, right. Well, you point. know what? Yeah, how about how about just an artist? How about a creative? Yeah. yeah I mean, him putting out a flute album. I think he's getting more creative than that, which is why I'm not mad. Okay, three stacks. For that fifteenth time, I'm never saying this. Me with my me with my A and R hat on. How about one song for every city you travel to oh with the flute? Facts and experience. Every little story you have with the flute. How about sixteen bars for every for every every city you travel to? I got off the to? F train and they took a picture of me with the flute. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We want to hear that shit. <laughs> Damn, brother. And hey, you can throw in a colonoscopy tail if you want. Hey, listen, I'm sure. here for it. I'm here for it. Maybe it was hard to sit down on a couple of them sessions. You can, you can kick that if you need to, but we, we just want to hear you do your thing. That's all. Facts. And I don't. And I don't think. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily him not having. If you don't have the drive to do it, like that's cool. I think. What bothers, and I want him to be as peaceful as possible. So you know, he's given enough. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he can sit down and never do anything again. That's still. No, he's free. Like, listen, you thousand. got one of the biggest selling albums in hip hop. Period. And See, one of the best done pieces of right. work. 10 million copies. Like, if you I sold 10 do... million t shirts, y'all niggas wouldn't see me again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I sold 10 million plates <laughs> of fish. Nigga, <laughs> y'all wouldn't see me again. You feel me? Like, come on. I'm out the game. I don't believe you. You better believe y'all got, y'all got a passion for this shit, man. I don't believe you. Yeah. Listen, man. Jay, I was still creating. Jay, Jay made more money than that I, doing nothing happening to do music, and we still got God God. God did, yeah, yeah. I would create, but you wouldn't know. <laughs> you wouldn't know. That's the thing. Like I would just, I would really go into helping develop, other, yeah. helping develop other artists, and just be behind the scenes, and you wouldn't even know. I don't mm. believe you. Please, <laughs> you please believe. It, it sounds <laughs> great. It sounds. I'm great. trying to tell you. Walking brother. off into the sunset. It's, it's not. No, no. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. It's not for him, I, no. For Pooh, like he really being that. For me. I'm always. Yeah, I mean that shit. Nah, Pooey, nah. He ain't that. He's like, no cap in that rap, cuz. Like, I don't want no more of y'all niggas. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone. I'm just, I mean, it's like we clown all the time. Like, we both introverts, right? Like, you know, when the lights come on, nigga, we do our thing, but we Mm -hmm. both introverts. He's more introverted than I am, but we both don't like people, dog. (laughs) 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 Don't like people. You know what I'm saying? Like, and oh. I really don't like people. Like, come on. Come on, man. I don't like people, dog. I don't understand that, though. I found my tribe. I think right. I don't, I I don't understand it. Like, how could you not like people, but the career that you, you have is based off of people. Man, God bless Purchasing me, bro. Your, yeah, your it's, it's, man, it's a, so it's you a, say it with up to your fans and be like, fuck out my face. Nah, 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 I don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that. You it's, don't like people. Nah, nah. It's, what you mean by that? I appreciate and I'm grateful for... What they have provided me, right? Because right. obviously, they, it's 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 a transaction mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, what I appreciate is when people tell me stories like, 
yo, you know, verse you wrote about your brother, that's the same thing I'm going through. I was like, like that's mm. the shit for that's me. That's something else. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, yeah. a, that's a different connection for me. Mm. Past that, bro, like, it's yeah. like, yo, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. Nigga, I'm out. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> there's, it's, it's, I think it's a difference between, like, there's a... This is a quote I read. It was saying like, you know, the, dip, the 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 struggle of an artist is the struggle between having something to say, like wanting to say something and wanting to hide. Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you have that something in you that I want to express this, but once I put it out, once I get it out of me, I'm done with it. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Moving on to something I'm moving on to something I'm gone. Else. But mm-hmm. when but when you work as an artist, like once you put it out, that's day one, mm-hmm. because the, the crowd is just not hearing this for the first time. So now you got to deal with that. And so, yeah. and you know, with the people thing, I think it's just, um, you know, what me and Pooh had to kind of realize just in our, as, just as, 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 as just human beings, you know, we just enjoy the craft more than anything else. Just, you know, making the records, writing the songs, doing the shows, like just being present fully in the craft. But, um, you know, the parties, the being out, the doing like promos or that. Yeah, yeah, that's not really, that's just not who we are. I mean, like sitting here having this conversation, you know what I mean? Like this was a platform that wasn't even available mm-hmm. when we first right. was coming right, right, right. out. You there know was what I mean? no podcast, period. No, nah, right. you know what I mean? Radio that's, shows. That's when we shine, <laughs> baby. Promo we shine ones. on podcasts. Yeah, so like this right here, like we do this shit all day. We just right. chopping it up, yeah, you know, drinking. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's barbershop shit, but just, you know, um, it, it took a while for, this kind of paradigm to be available for artists like us. Mm-hmm. And so now that it is, you know, we're able to flourish because we have platforms that meet us where we are. Right. Like it's it's super tough when you're a person who just moved forward. Cause like you said, when you put whatever you putting out, whatever the medium is, that's day one. And you've been living with it for however long. So like, <laughs> if it's an album, it could be a year, yeah. you know, the movie's been five years. So you, you've been living with it for that long. So once you put it out, you like, ah, oh, finally this shit is off my plate. Right. Okay, right. what's what I'm about to put on my plate next? You can't do that. Because mm. people are like, nah, nigga, this, this. on our plate now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what we, you just getting started. And, nah, for real. <laughs> and it's hard for you to move forward because you have to keep going back to that thing that you've been living with for that amount of time. And it's just like, oh man, shit, here we go again. I, I bro, I never forget, I never understood it. Until I got really in the game, but when Andre 3000, I forgot where he was on, and he was doing Hey Y'all. He was like, Hey Y'all for the million time, goddammit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, Yo, what the fuck? But I get it. Right, now you get it. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. It's like, Okay, I get it. And that's the part of being just a professional part of it, where, you know, we know we do, you talk about that show, you know, that we did at Brooklyn Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, our mentality is that every time we take the stage, that is somebody seeing you for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every rhyme you do, every feature you do, it don't matter if... I mean, I had people hit me, yo, man, you remember, yo, I heard you on this record you did, so-and-so-and-so, and 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 it's like some shit we did on tour in Europe just after a show. (laughs) We wasn't even thinking, like, all right, cool. You killed that shit. You never know what's going to be somebody's first exposure to you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So Mm -hmm. every show, every verse, everything... Like, you got to bring your A-game on that shit. And right. that was something that we always kind of kept in mind just because, you know, that could be somebody's first time seeing you and you never, you can't get that first impression back. Mm-hmm. Like, that may be the only time you catch them. Right, so right, right. you better come with your shit, you know, every time. You know what I mean? And um, 
I think that's something that really kept us alive, you know, throughout these years. Well, it's gotcha. part of the work that is what you're obligated to do. It's what you signed up for. Hundred percent, absolutely. This, this is what but came. You don't, with but you don't sign up for that at, at a time when you know you guys were just chasing the passion. Nah, you signed up for the no, art. You, you always, you when always you, sign when up. You put it, when you put it out for public consumption, you sign up for it. It doesn't belong yeah, but, to you. But, it but don't this belong. is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying at the inception, right? Mm -hmm. Back in college, right? When you guys were in school and, and you're creating and doing what you're doing, you're like, yo, I just love this shit. Absolutely. I love Most Def. I love Quest. Oh, yeah. I love this person. I just want to be a part of the art form. It's just a love. Nah. 100%. And then after the, then after you sign, you know, you sign your John Hancock post, then you're like, you know, you're like, oh shit, this is what this shit come with? That, that part. But, but that's the part about being a professional, right? right? Like I always tell people, like I'm a professional professional. <laughs> like I, I understand what I signed up for, so I'm not gonna, you know, like I ain't gonna brush people off. Like, oh, fuck out of here! I ain't talk, like I ain't gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that's unprofessional. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you know what you signed up for, but that don't make it easy. Yeah, right. yeah, it's still it's still work. Right. But nobody right. told you it was gonna be. Right. Yeah. Nobody ever said that the thing you wanted was supposed to be easy. Right. The life you want is on the other side of the work you refuse to do. Hundred percent. Or, or or the. The, the thing risk, you're avoiding. The risk you refuse, you refuse yeah. to take. Or, or the, the situations that you are avoiding, the things that you don't want to deal with. But the mm. life you want is directly on the other side of that. Mm. That's what I, every client I've ever had, I've always had to have that conversation. It's not, no one said you get to be comfortable. Success doesn't come to the comfortable. That's not how that works. No, it doesn't. You don't get to be, you don't get to comfort your way into success. All the greatest successes have had stretches and are still having stretches where they are extraordinarily uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, Prince, the best you can name, they've had spaces yeah. where they were just not comfortable. It wasn't okay for them. Nah, that's making this dark. Introverts. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> on stage very, very after the show. <laughs> right. Like, shaking hands, kissing babies, bro, taking pictures. It's so crazy for me. Like Every time I New York, I'm in New York, I relive this. <laughs> I, I have, he's traumatized. I have I, well, not now, but I used to have terrible stage fright. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like terrible. Man, you picked a fucked up job. <laughs> fucked up job. Yeah. You picked the worst job and, ever. And the job picked him. And, and, and of course, our first headliner show in New York City, SOBs. I'm on stage, and my thing like I used to be. If I look you in your eyes. And I, we make eye contact, it's a fucking rap. Like, I lose my, I'm lost, right? And I looked at somebody and it was a rap. Like, we doing the song, we performed. I think that was like one of the first times. It was time one of the first times we ever did it. So in New I'm, I'm shaky on remembering the lyrics and shit. Oh, and man. I looked somebody in the eyes and that turned into the worst fucking 40 seconds of my life, man. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, I've, now that made me better. It right, made me right, better. right, right. But, but it was very uncomfortable. But it was Woo! so fucking uncomfortable. Right. Shit, fat beats. Fat beats, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. doing the in-store. Oh, we were doing the in-store. Fat beats. Yeah, um, man. Nigga New York, New York brand. Nigga, yeah, the New York one. New yeah, York, yeah. nigga threw on a record. We don't never perform. I was like, holy shit. I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> but Tay knew it. Yeah. Had me really looking crazy. But it was just, I had to learn, I had to work through it. But once What's your I, technique now? Uh, I look at the top of people's head. That part. That's the, that's the trick. The that's shit. the one. You got to look at somebody. You catch them on the forehead. Like you well, it's right. better when the light is shining on you can't see nobody. That part. It, it doesn't even matter. I'm looking at the top of your foot. I don't give a fuck if you right in front of me. I'm 
I'm looking right, right past you. <laughs> like, and I and I, I have to do that because if I look at, if I catch, we catch Icon and you rapping to me, it's a rap. So, <laughs> I, like just, you just I just, I just know how to recover. Yeah. I just know how to recover now. I can, <laughs> I can recover. And we cover each other like on stage. Yeah. Like we'll cover right. each other. Like you know, I, I mean. We know this each nigga, other's This nigga machine, man. He know, he <laughs> <laughs> nah, I had to spend so much time, like, because I was, you know, mixing the records and, like, so I listened to him way more than, like, he would listen to, you know what I mean? Because right. I'm listening to shit all the fucking time. So if he ever got off, whatever, I would just, like, all right, you know, I would just, we have all kinds of little secret tricks, kind of tricks, tricks that we do to cover each other and to keep it smooth. Did you call yourself the big boy of this situation? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Did you, when you, you talk about in comparison to Andre? I, no, I just that just because he wasn't talking about size. You you really nah, talk, oh. you're talking? About, <laughs> that was a that was a major point. That was wicked, bro. Whoa. We are, 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 camera on will be disgusted. Gap, we got company. No, do you, no, do you, do you. See, see how fast that happened? It took no time. I'm trying to help you. You want to bring the debauchery in? Bruh. The, the, that big boy line though, that, that caught me off guard. Explain that. Nah, see. A lot of people look at Big Boy, because Andre's phenomenal, right? We all know he's phenomenal. But they don't pay attention. Somebody actually, what's his name? DJ Styles? Whatever. I think that's his name on Twitter. He said, he was like, yo, I watched the doc. I went back and re-listened to y'all catalog from start to made a little watch. Yo, we got to give rapper to his flowers, man. Mm -hmm. we've, been, we, we've been doing them wrong. Because when you standing next to somebody, you know, considered one of, the greats of our generation, nigga, it's, what, what you supposed to do in that situation? Mm -hmm. Like, you do you, mm -hmm. but everybody's comparing me to him. Just like everybody comparing Big that. Boy to Dre, you yeah. can't do that. You gotta listen to, mm -hmm. you have to listen to them individually for what they bring. Mm -hmm. And for me, the thing with LB, the thing that I always loved and studying hip hop, you know, there has to be dynamic. You know sure. what I'm saying? You can't have two sledgehammers. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's just like, you know, it's like, dude, you know, and um, I keep going to quotes that have kind of informed me over the years. But uh, I remember it was a um, quote from Gary Trudeau. He was the guy that wrote Doonesbury. It's like a political cartoon oh, yeah, yeah. Remember for that. years, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, um, and he said, you know, if you write about Vietnam on Monday, you got to write about basketball on Tuesday. And what he was saying was like, listen, if you're going to be just so heavy heavy, 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 you know, with something like Vietnam on Monday, Tuesday comes around, you got to take your foot off the neck of the audience and talk mm. about something else or else your original impact from talking about Vietnam is going to be lost. Mm. Because if it's just Vietnam, 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 it's like, nigga. Turns into white noise. It's, it turns into white noise. It's like, nigga, we get it. Okay. One track, one track. Line. It's one track. Mm -hmm. And so for me and Pooh, I always like, um, you know, for us, I always looked at our songs, particularly I think, we really got it um, on uh, just, you know, with um, Made a Little, Made a Little Watch. Watch. And also, the last two records we did with uh, Wish Me Well and Glory mm -hmm. Glory, it really is a conversation. And it's just like, you know, I'm going to approach the track the way I approach it, but I know he's going to come a completely different way. And that was something that, again, the audience don't, they don't understand how the sausage is made. They just look at it. But 
It's like, pause. dude, pause. big pause. Big See? Pause. See? <laughs> See? 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 I got I got to eat here at home. Hey, 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 hey. All right, right. Hey, we don't pause. know how it's You got to tighten up. Yeah, tighten up. You, you got to tighten up. I pause myself first. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't as much fun now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not looking at any type of sauce. Oh, shit. Nah, nah, man. But nah, you know, you understand that. So I think just a lot of times, fam, I mean, when I look at, the classic duos that we grew up listening to, you know what I mean? I mean, you look at Tribe, you know, Tip is, Fife is really animated. Tip is down here, mm -hmm. you know, Mob Deep, you know what I'm saying? Havoc and, and Prodigy, Prodigy, you know, God rest his soul. Rest you know what I'm saying? You know, you just had just these great, you know, those dynamics and those are the things that make Contrasting dynamic. That part, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, so now, man, that's, you know, okay. that's the model. I'm gonna I'm I'm take the humble hat off for a second. When did you realize that he was that? That when, he was one of them? That when he I was... first met him? <laughs> yeah, so let's go back now. Let's go back. Wait, wait, nigga, I when, he, when I met him, it was random. In the RA's dorm room, he come in there, never met him before. What school? North, North Carolina, Carolina Central, Central. Home of the Eagles. Eagle Pride. Like a motherfucker. What year? 98. 98. Yeah, it was mm. 98. 98. And he comes in, y'all wrote this round for English class. Nigga was like, oh, English right. class. English yeah. class. Yeah. English. Mm -hmm. And he spit that shit, and I was like, nigga, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> who's this? <laughs> like, and it was just to be, I was 19, he was about to be 20. I was 20, yeah. yeah. Just the way he put stuff together at that age, like, and it's like, it's different when you're seeing it on TV, like, okay, Nas put out his first album, he was young, big and all. When you staring at a nigga that you like, nigga, what? <laughs> like, it, it was different for me. Like, I had never been around somebody like that. So I knew on day one. Had you yeah. been rapping prior? I've been dipping in that. I was more a poet. I wrote poetry. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm a writer. I'm a writer for real. Like, it's not... I wasn't writing raps when I was young. I wasn't just writing songs. Yeah, you like, was on poems. I was doing like, poems, yeah, short, short stories, story, shit. Yeah. Like, I'm a writer for real. So, how, how competitive was it? Like, was it even competitive when you guys were in college? Like, you know, you had other people that probably rap yeah, around y'all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I had battles and shit like oh, that. Oh, hell yeah, man. Nah, man. Um, nah, it was very competitive. So, back at that time, you know, that was when, you know, because I came up in the battle circuit, you okay. know what I mean? And battling. It was very different then versus what it is now. Mm -hmm. Like battling now is, I mean, excuse me, that shit is like, it's almost like theater. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it really is something. I, I just have so much respect, you know, for the brothers and, and the sisters that do, you know, the battle now because back in our day when we was coming up, it literally was freestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we were talking yeah. about what somebody got on. Right. Shit like, like that. Like immediate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you would have three rounds. I remember we would do was a thing we would do called Duel of the Iron Mites and Dumb. And you would have rounds. And so it's like the first round is just, you know, you can just freestyle whatever. Then the second round, they would give you a topic. Mm. They give you a topic and they're like, all right, the topic is, uh, you know, haircuts, right? Mm -hmm. It would just like be just some out. crazy right. off the wall. No, 100%. Mm -hmm. And you would have to diss the other dude <laughs> talking about haircuts, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And staying on topic, and they would judge you by that. And so, you know, that was just something that was very, um, very off the cuff, just very, you know, just like, all right, we just kind of in the moment. 
battling now. I'm like, nigga, y'all got to do goddamn research on niggas. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean. You have to memorize different. like a seven minute fucking monologue. Like, yeah. nigga, that's theater training. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, um, so back then it was it was just very different, you know. And so, um, so for us coming up, you know, at that time, the battling aspect was that was the way that you kind of got your respect. So I would just do battles, and um, that was how I would pay my car note. Like you would have. Oh, y'all would y'all would battle for bread. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! Like you. What's would the have, most you ever won? The most I ever won, I think. Man, this was like keep in mind, this is you know. 2000, 2001, whatever. Right. So I remember one battle, I won $300. Mm-hmm. And okay. nigga, that shit, like, my car note was, you know, at that time, <laughs> like $150 or some shit, you know what I mean? I had, I'm like, shit, I can pay my car note, nigga, I got enough money, I can pay my light bill, I can do this. Who want to like, battle again? Who want to battle next? Listen, we battle, we do this shit every week. Anybody ever you a run for your money? Ah, oh, man. Um, so the first battle I did when we were in, um, it was in Durham, I battled, um, it was this uh, kid, the, the the two main people who were kind of the favorites, you know, mm-hmm. to win. Uh, it was this guy, Omatadi, still my brother to this day. Um, Omatadi, he was like a little older than me. He was like one of the G's. He was older than me. And then it was this cat named Jay Gunn, who at the time was 16, and he was like a child prodigy. Like, mm. this nigga mm. was embarrassing, grown men. <laughs> like it was ugly, you know what I mean? Because it's like you know, because I mean, because he had the kid thing working for him, so it's like he's young, but, that but it wasn't just that go. he could go. It was like, mm. oh my god! And so the first battle that we did, it was me and my homie O Omatadi. We made it to the finals. I lost to Omatadi, and then O made it to the finals, and he lost to Jay Gun. Mm. So then in the next battle, O he sat out. So then the next battle came on. I won. I beat Jay Gunn, and Ooh. I never lost a battle after that. Like I won like two, three more, but I, it kind of to what we were talking about earlier off camera with the battle MCs. My kind of turning point with it. I'll never forget this man. I was doing a battle in this is when they had the Source battle. Mm. The Source used to have battles, <sighs> right? <laughs> the Source used to have battles. You know, all over. They would just set stuff up, whatever. So we were having a source battle, and I remember the closest one to me was in Maryland. It was at Landover Mall, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, ah, oh, shit, all right, fuck it. I just gassed the car. We drive it four hours to go to Landover. And I remember I did it, you know what I'm saying? Big Tigger was hosting, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Back then, and I did my, you know, I did my joint or whatever, and I didn't get picked to go to the next thing or whatever. I mean, it was like 100 niggas there. But, you know, I wasn't the one. I didn't get picked. And I remember afterwards, I was feeling kind of just like, ah, damn. And I saw Eric Parker from The Source. Ah, shout out EP. Shout out to EP, man. Now, I would never, I, I ran into him like some years after and told him this story. I would never forget this as long as I live. I came up to him and I knew him from The Source. I knew his you know, tag and everything. Yeah, I'm like, yo, what's up? You know, respect, you know, whatever. And um, I was like, yeah, man, I didn't get it. And he was just like, yo, man, don't worry about it. It's just a battle. They don't mean these <laughs> niggas can make records. Mm. That, that shit was freed it. me. That was it. I was like, damn. So from that point, that was the last battle I did. I never battled after that. That was like 2000. That was before my son, my oldest son was born. So that was like 2000. So after that, I never battled. And that was when I focused uh, specifically on just being a recording artist and like, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out what kind of records I wanted to make. And um, that was, you know, shortly after that, that was when we locked in with LB. Got you. And, and now we have the inception of Little Brother. 100%. And you guys, how does, how does, 
all of this connect. Like, how do you, how do you get the deal? How did, how, did, how did that the internet, man? Like, we was just making records, man. Like, we literally was making records and went through various iterations. Well, before you go into that, how how many members of Little Brother was it? And how did all of you guys, you know how y'all two members, yeah, yeah. Who, was, who else was a part of it? It was three. It was three of us, and it was me, Pooh, and Knife. Yeah, that, that was Little Brother. Yeah. Right. But be predating Little Brother, <laughs> <laughs> you had Gimme. No, you had the organization. The organization that was like a big crew. That was had. a big crew. Mm. Then you had Gimme, which was me, Tay, and Sean Don. Don. Right. And then we was just all by ourselves for a minute. Mm. And then Little Brother came after all of that. Like, Who so came just up kept... with the name Little Brother? That was, I would I say think, it was me. I, yeah. It was you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, you. It was um, We were at the crib one day. We talk about this particular story. We tell it in our documentary. Yeah, uh, Made a little watch this out now. But um, but nah, man, we um, we were just writing down names, and and the thought was, well, the way we went about it was, we looked at all of our contemporaries, and it was just like, okay, we have to have a name that fits in with all of these people, you know what I mean? So if it's like, if you were having a concert, the thought was, if you're having a concert, and it's Black Star, Blackalicious, Common, The Roots, and who, right? And we wrote down a couple names, and Little Brother was the one that made the most sense in the context of everyone else. And um, we really felt like we were the Little Brothers of all of the groups that came before us. Predecessors. You know, yeah. our predecessors, mm -hmm. 100%. And so, you know, man, for us, it really was just a show of a show of gratitude and just also a show of humility of just us understanding that, you know, we're from the South, but... We understand the roots of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we done our homework. We right. and we do our homework. You and know we I mean? got something to say. 100. percent So shout out to three stacks. So all right. So all right. <clears throat> so there's this large group of you guys who are together. Everybody's making music. What was the mindset as far as like how are we gonna get this music out? Because y'all were just making it. going to take it to the trunk of the car. <laughs> so y'all yeah. went the independent route and just started. We, we were going, selling. I mean, y yes and yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, we was like, we were going to go to Dish Makers. We talked about this in the doc, too. We was going to go to Dish Makers, and he was going to get a credit card. We was going to print up CDs. Yeah, that time, posters. I think, like, to do a thousand CDs, it was something like, I think it might have been like three grand or yeah, something, three, something four like grand. that. You get posters with it. You know, yeah, all that, you know All what that mean? shit they was giving you. And we was like, man, we just put them in this car and go around the yeah. city. Because we was because we was fresh out of college. And that was when, like, you know, remember, that was like when they used to have, I think they stopped that shit now because it was fucking totally illegal and predatory. But when you would card. have the credit, the credit card, card companies on the yard. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like that's, you, that's how I got my first credit card. Yeah, that's how I got mine too. It <laughs> fucked that shit all the way up. But, <laughs> but that was how that was that. So I was like, shit, we can, nigga, I just go to the yard and get a goddamn discover card. But you know, that was that yeah. was the initial thought. So that was the thought. And um, cat DJ DJ Brainchild, he had a site, and he we sent him some records to like, yo, check this out. Tell us what you think. You know, we see you on the boards or OK Player boards. We, you know, we value your opinion, what you're saying on. What is the OK, OK Player boards for people that don't know? Black Twitter, before Black Twitter. Legit. Right. Black OK Player was ground zero. I mean, everybody from Little Brother to Jesus of Jesus and Mero. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus was an OK Player. You know what I mean? I remember reading posts from Jesus 
in like 2000, 2001 and just the stuff he would talk about, you could just see it. Then I'm like, yo, I don't know where you're going to go. I don't know mm-hmm. where your journey's going to lead, but it's more something. for you. You got something. This is, the, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. Like, dude, he was a fucking genius, man. Just, I mean, just hilarious as hell. But that was what OK Player was. It was pretty much just kind of this haven where... You know, just you know, nerds would just fucking gather and talk about music. Um, it wasn't a blog; it was like a website, a form, like a message board. So, okay. kind of like how like uh, SOHH used to have message boards. All hip hop, pop had it. Q and Five. There was okay. a ton of already. You know, yeah. Spit Kicker. You know what I mean? It, it's it was social media before, before social, social media. Yeah, it predated yeah. social media, and it was for it was for non commercial. Lot a lot of underground artists would be there. So a like-minded fans of people who were into The Roots, uh, Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. that whole sound, that whole aesthetic. But you can't upload music on it. You can upload music. You could upload music, but it was kind of a thing, because again, this, this is before. This, this was still, don't bootleg my shit there. Yeah. <laughs> so the game had shifted. Yeah, this yeah. is still, I come right. find you and break your legs and right. shit. <laughs> we, we were in that time. So like yeah. we, we didn't intend to put it up. Like, we sent it to DJ Brainchild to check it out, to get an unbiased opinion. You know, when you make a music with your peoples, everybody, oh, nigga, that shit fresh. That shit dope. Like, nah, I need some other ears on this. I need somebody who don't know me <laughs> to tell me what they think. He uploaded it to his website is how it ended up getting an OK player. We came on New York. He's about to kill that dude, man. <laughs> like I was, I, 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 was, all shit. I was mad. Like, man, what the fuck you do that? But the that New York ended niggas up was known for that. What? <laughs> but it ended up changing our life. He was yeah. trying to help. Yeah. He was trying to help. Nah, shout out to DJ Prince. He did. He did. Nah, shout out to him and up on that slop funk dust. He put it up. Yep. On his joint. But that was how it started. Um, you know, we just you know was sending our people, and they spread it. You know, they spread the word and. um we end up getting a call from ABB Records, who at the time they were an independent label based out of Oakland. They had, had some, um, they had some success with uh, Dilated Peoples, um, with, but they mainly did 12 inches. Mm. And we had our album, Damn Near Done. The listening was Damn Near Done when they reached out. And we was just like, look, man, let's, we got a record, let's go. And so we ended up signing that deal with them. And that was the first, that was the first record deal we signed. And looking How back, bad on, was that, that was the first. That was the first music business. Talk about that. We, yeah, talk about that business side of it. Business. How Yo, bad I'm was gonna be real. Contract. Listen, man. Here's the thing, right? Is is it's not you know the, a contract is a contract, but it's just about are you gonna honor it? Whatever right? the terms are. Whatever the terms mm-hmm. are. If I sign it, if you, if we have a deal that says, hey, for every record you sell, you get a dollar. If I sell two thousand records and you send me a check for two thousand dollars, I have nothing to say, mm-hmm. you know, because you honored the terms of that deal. Um, in particular with ABB, I mean, our deal was, you know, it was standard. And anytime like you hear the word standard. Albums. Yeah, well, it was, well, it, that's what they it came with first. At seven. Right. It started at seven. Right. It was like, hell no. Nah. But the thing was, again, like, they just, you you know, we, I'm, what, 22, 20, 23? Yeah, 20, 22. Yeah, yeah something like that. We in our 20s. So at that time, we were just putting out music. We were just recording day in, day out, boom. So even seeing seven albums, it's like, shit, nigga, we got three albums on the hard drive right now. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you don't think how they get you is you don't understand is like, it's not the number of albums, it's the number of years. Like, Mm. that seven album deal- Could take you fucking 15, 16, 20 years. You might not never get out of that shit. Perpetuity to the universe. 
Well, no, Listen, they, and they, beyond. They have, <laughs> beyond. I was a Buzz Lightyear shit. No, they have, they have timestamps on how long you can't before you can put the before you can put the new one out. Yeah, there's, there's a time there's a time I, difference on that. So it's seven. We ended up that we ended up getting it three. a minute and everything. We ended up going for three. Mm-hmm. So it was like a three album deal, including the listing, which was the one we came with. So we was like, all right, we can do that. That seems reasonable. But uh, but yeah, that first deal, yeah. I mean, the deal itself was whatever. But even had we had it been honored. You know, we wouldn't have had a problem, but more so than the deal itself, it was the fact it that the label, they didn't honor it. They didn't account to us. Yeah. They didn't pay us. Like, it was nothing. You did know you have I mean? a lawyer look over it? We did and in the beginning. For yourself, but, but it, this is the thing. This is what I was about to get into. This yeah. is the thing. This thing about contracts, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 I done dealt with them for over 20 years now. <laughs> you have to, as the artist or whoever is... The person that's about to do the deal, whatever deal it is, right. you have to understand what it is you want, and you have to understand what it is that you're entering into right. before you can understand what you' trying to negotiate for. Because yeah. if you have no understanding of any of that, then shit, a lot of shit look good to you that's not actually good. Right. Mm-hmm. So for us, yeah, we had a lawyer look over it, but we didn't understand what we wanted. We didn't understand what signing the deal we signed meant mm, fully. Right. And that was the problem. It's like, if we understood then, okay, this means if you do this, this means this, this is going, these are the, what can happen later because of this deal. All those things we didn't nah, understand. And, and we were 22. So 22. I tell artists all the time, man, like there's no greater hell than being contractually bound before you know who you are. Like, dog, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that, there's nothing that can prepare you for, you know, just even the point of when we got that deal, you know, we, you know, I had lawyers looking at it, but there's nothing I, you know, tell young artists just because, you know, we don't want them to make some of the same mistakes that we made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We just try to give them sometimes, some Sometimes the uh, lawyers be working with the, on the label. 100%. I mean, this wasn't the case. This, that wasn't the case for us. But yeah, and, and even with your lawyer, it's like, listen, it doesn't matter who your lawyer is. I've you know spoken about this before, but like, dude, it doesn't matter how great your lawyer is. It doesn't matter if you don't have leverage, right? right? So, and, and, and what that means is like, listen, if I'm your lawyer and I'm representing you in a deal, you know what I'm saying? And I you bring the deal to me, I look at it and I'm just like... Yo, bro, this shit is, eh, this shit look a little janky. I mean, you got a $40,000 advance, but like this shit that they taking from you, homie, I don't really right. think. If you're in a desperate position, right? If you like, look, nigga, my baby mama on my back. I can't afford it. All you see is 40 grand. That's mm-hmm. it. So if at that point, if you're the artist, if you're willing to take that deal as your lawyer, nigga, it ain't shit else I can do. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's how I, I, a lot of times get caught up. And I think that's why... So many of the artists in in the game, you know, they purposely sign you while you're young because you don't have that leverage to go against. Like, you know, they don't want old niggas in the game because we know better. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's why he's here. <laughs> they like, nah, we, like, we, know better. we ain't going for that shit. <laughs> you know, the grades that you earned. So... So yeah, man. So at the time, yeah, we looked at the deal. We was like, all right, and we signed it. Like, fuck it, they they putting our record out. Like, yeah. And then after we was like, God damn. (laughs) We talk all the time in here about the age gap. This is why it's relevant. This is why you can't let them push your OGs away from you. 
This is why you can't let them think that Nigga, somebody who's listen. grown and older than you is no longer relevant. They're trying to keep you separated from the information. From the information. From the information. Nigga, listen. These guys know what a bad contract is a mile away, and they can help you gain the kind of leverage you'll need to better negotiate. A contract's not evil. It's just a piece of paper. But if you don't have the leverage, you don't have the leverage, and that's all there is to that's it. They can be. gain you. Mm-hmm. They can show you how to gain leverage so you negotiate better. Listen to your OGs when they talk. They yeah, we to, didn't have them. Like, we didn't have them. Because <laughs> it's not just information, it's context. Because you can get information mm-hmm. now, freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to have context right. for that information. Or you're going to be out here making a lot of dumbass mistakes. What about like classmates and people that like y'all was around in school? That may have been taking that shit up in school. Man, they Man don't know it didn't. Yeah. So yeah. at that time, we so, was taking the class. Yeah, we was taking the class. <laughs> nah, legit. <laughs> One of y'all was into like y'all got to do uh, uh, um, scholarship in biology. Who was that? That was him. That was well, him. he was. Yeah, you had. It the, was in biology. I did not major yeah. in biology. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the free money. You know what I'm saying? Just, I was there for I the free you. money. He got the degree. Yeah. Got you. yeah. Nah. At that time, I mean, because you have to think about it. Like, you know, this is. North Carolina. This is Durham, North Carolina. You know what I mean? So we were coming out of a place where had musical history, but in terms of, you know, real label experience, label experience, it just wasn't that. You know what I mean? So And you gotta know they don't write that shit in books. Nah. Like they navigating don't, nah. the industry, that's not written in an industry that changes every couple of years. Yeah, and and this is and to that point, Mac, like, you know, so change every years. This is post 9-11. Mm. This is post Napster. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So the industry had just It was shifting. It was shifting and nobody knew it what going it was. Digital. Yeah, it was going digital and they didn't, you know, no one was really there to help us navigate those changes because they didn't understand. It was new to them as well. So we were kind of, you know, me and Pooh, we compare ourselves, we call ourselves, we was the lead blockers, you know what I mean? Like, mm. we was the ones that ran damn straight into the goddamn linebacker, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? To make that way so the running back could get to the end zone. But um, at that time, yeah, I don't really think there was anyone that could help us navigate that because the game was just changing so rapidly. And um, we just kind of had to figure that shit out. If you think about Carmelo Anthony and mm. the amazing scorer that he was, and then all of a sudden, the whole industry, the whole game shifts. The way the game is played shifts around him. And now, one-on-one scorers aren't mm-hmm. seen as valuable mm-hmm. as team ball. Right. Now, right, it's right. a whole different thing. And now, all of a sudden, you look at him, and you'll have some people who fix their mouths to call him obsolete. Mm-hmm. But the game changed around him. His skill set His skill set is away. still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's right. still exactly the animal he was. But right. all of a sudden, the way to win became this way. Yeah. And his game wasn't as effective and winning this way. That's them. Yeah, right. and that was why for us, like, you know, we kind of figured out, you know, independence Shout was out the to best Melbourne. way for our game. <laughs> you know what I mean? For for us. Uh, it, it really was, uh, you know, we signed to Atlantic in 2000. I think we signed in 04. Four. Signed yeah. in 04. We signed in 04. And, uh, you know, man, it was an education. It really was um, an education. It really was kind of the moment of having that dream crushed <laughs> for lack of a better word mm-hmm. not and not in a in a negative way but just because again you know this is 2002 you know so at that time the major label that was the brass ring mm-hmm. it was just 
You feel me? Yep. Like, stop. We're going <laughs> a five minute break and we're going to come back. Oh, for that. sure. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on a break. Go on a break. On ourselves. It's like, internalized. Right. Internalized. We, we, we we've internalized learning. it. Yeah. No, but it's, that's why it's perpetuated by the audience. Right. But they don't even know why they're saying it or the amount of damage it can do when you keep keep up with that mm -hmm. narrative. You right. keep that narrative going. Because then it's like they use that to to the industry use that like see? Yeah, we told you. We, we told you all the audience is saying right. Hey, make sure you <laughs> tell them motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell them it's a too feedback old. loop. Is that, is that equivalent to when I said hip hop is dead? No. No, he was he was talking about when okay, my specific interpretation. Are we rolling again? We back up? Yeah, yeah, we, we back okay, up. we back up. Yeah, All right. Okay. My specific interpretation of not saying hip hop was dead was basically like the way that I knew it to be and the way to be successful at it, you are eliminating those you are looking to actively eliminate those things from the genre. You no longer have to be a skilled lyricist, you no longer have to be Making like a, a song that really says something, it can be catchy with no substance. You ain't gotta love this shit. <laughs> you can literally disrespect it and say, yeah. I'm I'm using this rap shit, which is like the being I, I that, that shit is one of my pet peeves. When somebody tells me, I'm using this rap shit, well they got me doing this rap shit. That I've never heard any other art for any other art form or creative practicing that art form refer to it as shit. Nobody else disrespects it like that. I'm doing this painting shit. Nobody says right. that. <laughs> right. I'm doing this shit. I'm doing shit. this architecture shit. Yeah, no <laughs> right. creative right. says that. Right. Yeah, I got this fucking T-square, nigga. Whatever. Literally. <laughs> right. The only ones who will tell you that my restaurant looks super nice so the food can be shit. Because the restaurant is dope. I can make food. I can make spoiled food for you. But because it looks so great in here... And because it smells nice in here, and because I got the light in the way I want it, and the tables look fucking fire, fuck everything else. The food can be shit. We're the only ones who do that. We're the only ones who allow somebody to get away with that. Whenever any other genre is tested that way, and they, mm -hmm. check that they shit. all stand up and get right in front yeah. of it. You can't. Comedy is like that. Comedy. Comedy is like that. Rock Them music. niggas do not play. Yeah, like yeah. they. Yeah. Jazz. Yo, jazz, they'll throw you off stage. They'll literally stop everything. This motherfucker can't, can't play. play. Get him the fuck out of here. Mm. And they don't hide behind, or oh, you hate him. No, nigga, you suck. You're, not you're good. terrible. Yeah. Or you're not good at me. Oh, yeah. Comedians? Yeah, oh, my Comedians God. They brutal. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> bang, bang. That nigga was hilarious. Yeah, but it lets you not be funny. You be on stage. The dudes from the back will be, from the side of the stage, will be screaming on you. Right. Nope. That ain't it. <laughs> Let me know when it's funny. Like, hey, we're, we're the only genre, we're the only creative space that allows people to actively flourish by at the same time telling you they don't care about the music they're making. They'll tell you that to your face and you'll still support it saying, well, I can't hate. He's getting his money. And meanwhile, we have people who really give a fuck about what they're doing and really want to sound good. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we Push it to the way, so. escort them true, to out true the True scammer culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. Scammer, true scammer culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting his money though, <laughs> so I can't hate on him. Uh -huh. That's why anytime you say that shit, or you can't hate. I can't. Yeah, it's I not. I definitely yeah. can't. So, that, that shit disgusts me. That whole concept right. disgusts the shit out of me. 
So going so going back to y'all brothers as far as how did y'all even get to Atlantic Records for a deal? What was that process? That wasn't the destination. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about and, it. And, 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 and yeah. before I get it, shout out to Julie Greenwald, yeah, Mike Kaiser, Craig Coleman, Diani. Like yeah, shout out to uh, uh, Latrice, Latrice, Latrice Burnett, Burnett yeah. James Lopez. Shout out to everybody we worked with at Atlantic. Man, they was they was great to us. Okay, um, you know, you don't really we, hear that. We <laughs> bro, listen. <laughs> we came up with an album called The Minstrel Show mm -hmm. that was sixty percent done before we signed that deal. We put that album out as we what we completed is what you heard. No changes. No, no changes. They cleared every sample. We ran with the idea, and they was like, all right. Shit, then what y'all wanna do? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Number love. But how did y'all get there? So how we got there was label started calling. After and after the listening. After the listening. listening. After after listening. listening. Our first album. First it came album. out on ABB. Okay. It came out independently. They started calling. So we took me, we met Tom Wally out in LA. Warner. Yeah. We met with uh um what's his name? Mike Karen had called. We we didn't meet with him, but he had called. We met with Chris Lighty over at Jive. Mm -hmm. That was really where we wanted That's to go. That's where we wanted to go. We yeah, wanted to do Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty. It wasn't our decision. Yeah. We so, were signed to ABB Records. And they decided who they were going to sell the contract yeah, to? Yeah. They decided, yeah. Because Chris Lighty and Jive was like, we want to reissue the listening, which means now Jive owns it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to let it go. Benny B from ABB was like, fuck <laughs> that. Yeah. This is mine. And, ben, and the thing was, Jive, you know, sitting with Chris Lighty, he understood hip hop, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You know, I mean, I remember, I'll never forget just being in that meeting and, you know, this is when, this is what, 2002, three, three, four, three, three, four, three, four, four. That's when Violator was on fire. Right, mm -hmm. this is Violet 50, like, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy, Buster, you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, All of that. Deep, LL. Yeah, so you know, it's putting out the Violator compilation. The Violet compilation, yeah. yeah. They had a Shark Tank over there. Yeah, man, so we were sitting in there with uh, with the meeting that was like us, our manager at the time, Big Doe, uh, Chris Lighty, um, Peter Thea, and uh, DJ Wayne Williams, who's at Jive at the mm -hmm. time. And, uh, you know, we were just sitting there, man, and I'll never forget talking to, to Chris, and like he was talking about 50. And he was saying, you know, man, my whole thing with 50 was that I wanted people to be like, get ready to root for the bad guy. That was my whole plan, get ready to root for the bad guy. And I was like, yeah, it's like the, the, the Mel Gibson movie, Payback. And he was like, yeah. I like this guy, I like this guy. Like, I remember him saying, he's like, yo, I like this guy, I like this guy. <laughs> And, um, you know, he just was talking about that. And, um, you know, and I'm just sitting there, you know, like I'm fucking rap nerd supreme, right? So the, the record deal, nigga, who gives a fuck? Violated, nigga, tried. I want, you know, I want to, that's the type of time I'm on. You know what I mean? I'm like, nigga, what's Chris Light if he was such a baby? Like, I want to know, you know, I want to talk that shit. Mm -hmm. but, um, but he was talking about his time at Def Jam. And uh, I'll never get this. He was like, yeah, man, he said, you know, I was the, he said, after the Mr. Smith album, the LL album, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Smith, yeah. that was like his comeback that kind of put LL back. He said, man, after Mr. Smith, he said, bro, I was the prince of Def Jam. He said, I was the prince of Def Jam. I could do whatever I wanted. He said, so the next record I came with, it was this, it was this band, it was this group called Crew. And I'm like, nigga, Crew, yes, the, the Dirty 30. 30. Yeah, yeah Pronto, yeah, yeah. what? I'm like, nigga, yeah, I love that album. He was like, yo, I loved it too. He said, but I learned that just because you love something, that don't mean it's going to sell. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was like, damn. But I think having somebody in, that, in the game like that, that just, 
you know, had a love for the music and for the culture, but also just had a very clear-eyed sense of the business. And a good ear. And a good ear, mm -hmm. you know, those, that was rare. So we wanted to go with Jive. We we wanted we, to fuck we, with We, we were all like, in, like, this this it? Yeah, like, we, he talking our shit. Like, he he gets us. Then he said, this ain't it for me. <laughs> right. I'm so going over Atlantic. here, because Atlantic let him keep vinyl rights. They let him keep the listening. Uh, yeah, they just did a whole bunch of they shit. They did a better deal. They did a yeah, better, better deal for, for him, him. For right. him. For yeah. him. So that's where we ended up at. And so it went from, as far as meetings are concerned, it went from Violator and Jive to mm -hmm. Straight to Atlantic. Or you was we other we labels. We never met with nobody. We never met that Atlantic. Yeah, like I said because Mike Mike Karen had called, and we didn't. We we never met with him. Mm -hmm. And so we never met with them. But that's what we. It was like they interested. Benny was like, I want to do the deal with them. So we had to make the best of the situation at that point. Yeah, it was like, it was like all right. and still, this is 2004. Right. So that was still the brass a major ring. label. That, yeah. was, that, was the, that was the golden, that was the yeah, golden, golden group. Like, yeah, let's yeah. go. So it was like, all right, cool. We there. Because at that time, they had Fat Joe. They had T.I. They had... Um, T.I. was on fire. That was before the Fabulous Music Train. Yeah, the Fab, yeah. Because uh, that was another thing, juvenile. too. Juvenile. Yeah, like, yeah, trick, and that was the thing too. Like we didn't get to, you know, get into the dock, but again, it was just transition, man. You know, so 2004 when we signed, this is right when Warner had underwent this huge corporate fucking buyout, mm. right? You know what I mean? And so all the old guard that was at Def Jam, like Julie, um, Leo. Kaiser, Leo, mm. all of them, they were at Def Jam, and so this corporate buyout shit happening. This fucking billionaire pissing contest. <laughs> and so now they're the guy, they're over in the Warner system. Mm -hmm. So we were coming into the system at a time when, A, we're a group, you know, from the South. You know, we have this album called The Minstrel Show that they're trying to figure out how the fuck we sell this. And at the same time, they're trying to figure out this new system because they were new to the Warner system. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and we just kind of landed right then and there. And um you know, man, that was just one of the things where at that time we didn't understand how those changes on a macro level would affect us on a micro level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We just didn't get it. You know what I mean? And um, that was a, you know, kind of kind of dovetailed into us doing our documentary. Um, we just was like, yeah, this makes more sense to do it ourselves and do it, you know, put it out on YouTube and go direct to the fans because what was happening in Hollywood now, it just looks like exactly like what was happening with labels 20 years ago mm -hmm. when everything started consolidating and, you know, everything was just kind of breaking down. I'm like, yeah, dude. We've seen this. We've seen this movie before. Yeah. So you, so the, the business side of what was happening at, at Atlantic for you guys was, was good? Your yeah, business the was business straight. was fine. I mean, listen, you know, we, you know, we had a, uh, I had a, a conversation uh, with uh, Julie Greenwald, this is this was like a year or so ago, but um, you know, because we were gonna get her for the documentary, but as we kept shooting, we just saw like, okay, we don't really need her. We got the story, but um, you know, and I told her, I said, man, the thing that's so crazy about this doc, the thing I love, is one of the rare music documentaries where the major label actually is not the bad guy. Hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a fact. I you watched know? it. Yeah. Thank you, that. brother. Thank I you. It, yeah. It's like, yo, like it wasn't. You know, they did right by us. You know, it's out we, on YouTube. Make sure y'all go people. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I'll on YouTube right now. Um, but nah, the title. Oh, they don't watch the little brother story. 
out on YouTube right now. Yeah, go put it. Yeah. So nah, man. So yeah, they they took a chance on us. They let us, you know, do it, and they let us do us. And I just remember, you know, kind of what we talked to before the break of just kind of the major label system and mm -hmm. seeing kind of the the disillusionment and the death of that dream. I think my moment where it was just became crystal clear. Um, I remember sitting in the office one time with Julie and shout out to Julie Greenwald, man. I got love for Julie. Like she always shot straight. She didn't bullshit. Mm -hmm. She didn't waste our time. You know what I mean? Like she was funny as hell. She just, Fonte, Fonte, you gotta make content. It's content. You gotta make content. Like, she, <laughs> she was just this fucking ball of energy that was just all over the fucking place. But um, but now, nah, man, I remember sitting in her office one time. We were having a conversation and, and um, I was just like, yeah, Julie, I said, so what's your next move? Like, what you think you're going to do after this? <laughs> I said, so what you think? What's your next move? What, what you going to do after this? Like, what you doing? And she was like, yeah, you know, my kids. She's like, my daughter's getting kind of older. You know, they kind of need me to be around a little more. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Fuse? You know Fuse? And at the time, Fuse was the station. network. The network. The TV network. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, Fuse. I was like, oh, yeah, Fuse. We got to go over there a little later on and, you know, do an interview or whatever. She was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, me and Edgar, yeah, we, we think about buying Fuse. <laughs> nigga, we just sitting in there like. Real nonchalant. Nigga, what? <laughs> Real, the same way we would talk about, yo, I think I'm a cop the fours, or I'm a cop the dude, whatever. <laughs> she, she's talking about buying a goddamn a network, nigga. God damn. And I'm just like. With a straight face. With a straight face. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, yeah, I'm sitting here trying to explain. We're trying to explain our art and our existence to someone that is buying a network on mm. casually casually it's just like on a tuesday on a tuesday like, nigga, club going like up this. on a tuesday yeah the like, disc, i'm like 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 instagram might delete later right buy network i don't know felt cute, felt cute. might delete later. later that was exactly what it was That's that was crazy. the kind of flex that was the mm. ig flex and old to let you know score. that you've made some real wrong decisions <laughs> <laughs> but i go wrong yeah but it was one of those things you just see i was like okay yeah this is you know, we we love the music, but this is a business. It is a corporation. It is, you know, we talk about, you know, when we went and we dropped Minstrel Show and we went through the office and there was like no music playing. Like my idea of a record company, I'm thinking, it's like, nigga, if it's a record company, music gonna be playing. Mm -hmm. If I walked into Krispy Kreme, it'd be donuts in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, shit, I'm like, y'all ain't got no records playing, it's nothing. Yeah. And so I think for me and Pooh, that was really uh, just that kind of realization of like, this is not what we thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. And it was never any, on my, on my side, you know, it was never any bitterness or anything towards the major label system. It was just an education. It was just really having that and then seeing, okay, this is what it is. Like, ah, oh, I got it. Mm. This ain't got shit to do with music. Nope. So the money. <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. Which is wild. So it's just like, and, and, you know, but once you have that understanding, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So let me just, I have to figure out a system for myself which can really be just about the music and getting it direct to my people. And once I kind of had that realization, um, it really changed my relationship with the art form mm. um, because I found a place that could work for me. And uh, that's something that I think a lot of young artists you know, you the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons we learned, you have to define success for yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to define it because what's successful for this person, you know, for you, that, you know, 
you know, one person's medicine could be your poison. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. That's so, true. you know what I mean? So it's like you had to kind of learn that. And uh, that we, was what that time was We talked was like. about that off camera. We yeah, were yeah. discussing how there, there's a, a general theme of how Drake's mm. blueprint mm. comes mm. from you. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot mm. of people will agree that you fathered a lot of what he does. Singing, the patterns, laws, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But you haven't gone that far. Yeah. Was that intentional? Absolutely. I, I mean, listen, you know, it's, it's easy to uh, kind of sit back. You know, you never want to play, you know, Monday morning quarterback, right? And be okay. like, oh, I could have did. I could. Nah. You know what I mean? For me, I think going through the major label ex deal, I remember when Minstrel Show came out and you know, the first week we did what, like 20, 18, some shit like that. 18. 18,000 records. And this is in 2005. So 18,000 records at Not that sure. time, that shit was like, you That's were amazing. a failure. No, it's good now. It's good now. Yeah, like yeah, now, yeah. nigga, if you sold 18,000 physical records, niggas will throw you a parade out of this bitch. But <laughs> in 05, that was just you failure. You, 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 you bricked. Yeah, you bricked. Yeah. You bricked, right? Yeah, and so. Wood. Yeah, you went wood. Oh, and it was just oh, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went linoleum. You went wood. <laughs> right. yeah, linoleum. You leaned over with it. You went wood. Figure it out. Figure out. Yeah, figure out. Die for that one. But that was it, man. I mean, like, at, at that time, you know, we did it. And so I remember, like, we, we sold, you know, those records. And I just remember, you know, afterwards, just thinking. It was just like, man, 18,000 records for this label is a failure. Mm -hmm. Nigga, if I sold 18,000 records for me? Independently? Yeah, independently. That's, that's, that's a cash out. That's like, a cash out. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that was just the part where I, I just understanding of just what success means to you. You have to really define that because if you allow other people to project what they think is successful, you know, you're, you're never going to be happy with where you are. You're never going to be happy with who you are. And, um, you know, for me, you know, when I look at, you know, artists that we were served as a bridge for, you know, like a Drake or a Kendrick or Cole, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? All these artists that have gone on to just do amazing things, make a great, make amazing records. You know what I'm saying? I sit back personally, I sit back and look at that and I'm just like, yo, that's amazing. That's great. I'm glad that these brothers are able to take what we did and continue it and take it to higher levels. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be none of these niggas. Mm. I don't want that life. Mm. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got like 401k. It's, listen, come on, man. After, I'm about to leave here. We gonna leave here. We gonna go. You know what I'm saying? To my little Cuban restaurant and have a little drink, have my salmon and and you know then kale salad. And nobody's gonna know who the fuck I am. Mm. And me and my brother can sit mm. and have a meal and just fellowship and chop it up. You know what I mean? I got you. That's what's important to me, you know? And that's the point, again, just going back to the point of signing a deal before being contractually bound before you know who you are. Mm. I had to make peace with who I was. And a lot of times people, and Pooh talks about it in the doc too, of like a lot of times people in the game, you know, they expect you to be very outgoing and extroverted and just some mm -hmm. of the party I'm popping bottles and whatever and that just was not me you do know you what I mean? want the credit though well I think the do credit you want to be acknowledged you too pool chime in on this as well yeah oh well I was different um 
this is not something I ever thought I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. So when I got that opportunity at the major label, I'm like, shit, nigga, I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, we we did the independent thing. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Like, now, it, it, it wasn't us doing it, I said. It wasn't us. Yeah. It wasn't even the work. It was, I, I, and it wasn't even, looking back now, wasn't the actual being independent. It was just the people we were dealing with, right? Because right. they didn't honor the deal we signed. But I'm like, we got to the ape, the goal. Mm. Stay at the goal. <laughs> like, right. we can go somewhere else. We ain't, it ain't got to be here. Like, cause at the time, I was talking to um, Shaka Shaka yeah. Zulu's people uh, mm-hmm. from DTP. DTP. Um, I got Ronnie Johnson, rest in peace. He had left Atlantic, he was over at Capital. Capitol. He yeah. was like, "Shit, I know, I fuck with y'all. I love to have y'all here." So I knew there was other opportunities for us, and. This was part of where we failed <laughs> as brothers and 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 just having that group members was yeah. having that conversation. But for me, I was just like, hey, bro, it ain't work here. That don't mean it can't work here. And for me, I was like, yeah, fuck all this shit. Yeah, like, because to <laughs> me, it was like I just saw it as and me and Pooh, you know, we talked about it, of course, but I just saw it as okay, we could go to another label, but it's the same thing. We're still, you know, we have Ronnie Johnson, rest in peace. We have him at Capitol. We have Shaka Zulu you know, at Dev Jam, who was interested at the time. But it's like, that's one guy. If this guy leaves, if he gets fired, mm. we're fucked. And we're back at square one. Right. Having to now campaign inside the building for these people to push the product that they own forever. Like, mm. get the fuck out of here, dude. I'm not. Mm. That's insanity. So what was you know your backup mean? plan if that was to happen? If uh, well, backup plan, if uh, what what uh, in terms what you of just say. oh um well for me um, I think it was I just saw from 2003 to like 2007 like in that three that four year period whatever we put out a record on every kind of label you could put a record out right. on you know what I mean we did uh, the listening which was on ABB um, which was a very small independent. And then I did uh, with my other group, the Foreign Exchange. Uh, we did the album Connected on BBE, which at the time they were indie, but they were they were reputable indie. They were putting out like the Jay Dilla Welcome to Detroit. Mm. Um, they they were doing the Beat Generation series. They were very reputable, mm. and you know, and they did right by us business wise. And so then in 05, you know, we did the the Chitlin Circuit on Koch. On Koch. Yeah, I remember that back then. You know what I mean? And at the time, Koch was indie. But they had big boy capacity, you know what I mean? Yeah. They was running all, you know, all yeah. that was when like Jim Jones was like running all the dip set shit yep. through there. So like they was, you know, they was moving records. And then we had the listening, oh, I'm sorry, we had the minstrel show on Atlantic, which was a major. So I just looked back over our career and I'm just like, dude, we put out a record on every kind of label you can put a record, put a record out on. And none of these motherfuckers have made our job any easier. Hmm. We're still doing the same amount of work. If I'm gonna do this, if I'm gonna do the work for ABB or BBE or Atlantic or whoever, nigga, I can just do that work for me. Right. You know what I mean? Because the work is still the same, and that's what I say. You know, to artists now when they talk about, you know, what's the difference between, you know, a major artist or independent artist? Nigga, every artist is an independent artist. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) It's gonna be your moves. You won't have to bust your own moves. It's gonna be you. You know, the videos you shoot. Your, your own team, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the labels, they don't sign artists. They sign other labels, essentially. Like, you're right. you're not just a rapper a or a producer or 
uh, you know, or whatever singer. You have to be a one man or one woman production team. Mm-hmm. They don't want the difference is on the back end. Yeah, where the major label just has access to more resources. Right. Then obviously you would have on your own. In the front, right, right. Or a smaller label would have, but the work is yours. Right. Because the motherfuckers ain't working. Which they don't understand. Which mm-hmm. most artists don't yeah. understand. They ain't working yeah. like you think they were. Yeah. And that was it. Like that was you know again going back to just that disillusionment part. You know, I thought. You know that signed to a major. It's like okay, they have the answers. Right. And then when we got there, and it was just like, no, no oh y'all know. motherfuckers just guessing too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like nigga, I can guess by myself. <laughs> I don't need to be no goddamn three sixty deal to guess. Right, like, right, right. The fuck? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, like this makes no sense to me. Mm. And so, but that was kind of to your question. Yeah, that was what it was. I just um, we did our, our record. Um, uh, with my group, uh, Foreign Exchange, uh, Leave It All Behind. And we did that independently. And we ended up getting nominated for a Grammy in 2010. And, you know, we didn't win, but I was just like, dude, our three-man team, we ran this to the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, like, that's, that's good, though. I'm Fuck done. Like, yeah, man. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all got nominated. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a win. The thing yeah. you talking about is who should have got Fired. Somebody. <laughs> you let these motherfuckers. Did they just? <laughs> right, right. Somebody got the. See, what it looked like was from the outside looking in, not yeah, yeah. knowing any of the story. What it looked like is you guys signed to Atlantic. All of a sudden, the album breaks. The group breaks up. Mm-hmm. There's like all this internal beef you hearing about, and it just it just looked like a nut. So when you say the label wasn't the bad guy. But it just so happened to coincide with all these terrible it things that like were happening uh-huh. yeah. to like your favorite group on the outside, the outside looking in. It's like, damn, they beefing with night. This got something to do with money. Yeah, the, the fucking album break. The this fu- got something the foundation, to do with the foundation. Wouldn't write before we even got to the land. So let's, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back yeah, a little yeah. bit to the college days and how you guys met Ninth and what how he was instrumental in your atmosphere. Man, this was. I don't even remember how I met. Like I can't remember how we met. We we ran in the same circles. Yeah. Was but, it you that said that, or was it you that said you met him once, and then you ain't meet him till months later? Yeah, that was, that was me. That yeah, was yeah. Okay. We met, and uh, he was at the time we were moving in. I was playing football at the time, right. and so the football players we would always move in the dorm. We had to come early because we had camp, and so we were moving into the dorms, and uh, we had been there for a little bit, and so we came in. And you know, I just saw Ninth in the in the dorm, and he had a Source magazine, and I was like, "Yo, man, let me see that." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always describe it, you know, at that time, you know, this is '98, so this mm-hmm. is like this is '98, mm-hmm. and this is a black college in the South, mm-hmm. so No Limit got shit on a lot, nigga. Like that was it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nothing. Like niggas used to be driving around. With the damn no limit like pendant, you yeah. know, in they the, in they the, the in tank the mirrors. Right on that. Yes, yeah. the tank. Like it was like P was like he had niggas in the choco. He's a no so, limit soldier, or you was weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And so I come in and I see this guy with a Source magazine going o- going up over a most deaf black on both sides. I'm like, oh, this nigga weird like me. <laughs> you know I mean? so I'm like, all right, cool. And so that was how we started. But um, but that was when ninth and I first met. But we didn't meet. Well, I didn't realize he made beats until way later. Like probably like 
damn near a year later, he actually played me some of his first beats. And so we just started recording. And, um, you know, by this time, Pooh and I, we were hanging. And so we just kind of started just working together, just making stuff. Then um, that was the beginning. That was, yeah, that was 98. We were all students at Central. Mm. And um, that was just, yeah, that and, was how and, it started. And Ninth, was, Ninth Wonder was making beats that was like, the weird beats, right? Because of what you <laughs> right, were right, used, right, right. We used to hearing yeah. in North Carolina, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it, it, it was but, beats we were used to. It was beats that we enjoyed because, you know, we listened to Wu-Tang and, you know, mm. Slum, Slum and all, and all that. that. Yeah. So it was, we, we understood what he was making. Mm. We just didn't know originally. Because like even when I first met, I didn't know he made beats. Mm. It was later, we thought, oh, you make beats? Like... That was a, yeah. We was just homeboys at first. It wasn't even about no music. Like, yeah, and they were fire. It was yeah. like you like once again. It's that same thing. It's like I hear these things on the radio, or I buy the CDs or the tapes, because tapes were still a thing. <laughs> but when you see some like nigga, you made that here <laughs> on a computer, right? Right. right. That, you know, because that was another part of it where you know at that time. That's when everybody was MPC, you know, hardware, you know what I mean? Um, and it started you know, shifting to FL Studio. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? And loops. he really was, and you know, and Knife really was, you know, a pioneer in that aspect. You know, I remember him pulling up and playing me, just showing me beats. And I was like, so how are you doing this? And he pulled it up and, you know, the computer we recorded our first album on was like a compact. A compact. Yeah, like Jesus. every like your iPhone is more powerful than that <laughs> Like legit, you know what right. I mean? And um, so now, nah, bro, that was kind of how we started. So for us, it wasn't weird. I, we didn't look at it as weird. We looked at it like, yeah, this is the shit. Yeah, this is, you know, this is us. Like, this mm -hmm. is the stuff we grew up on. Mm -hmm. And um, but it was at the time where the industry sonic wise, you know, this is yeah, so this is like 98, 99. Yeah, so this is like Swizz. Swizz, Beats by the Pound. Yeah, yeah, it was the keyboard. Organized yeah. noise. Well, that didn't come to late because Heart was, his Blueprint was like two, that was old Blue, one. Blueprint. No, 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 not Blueprint. I'm talking about Hard Knock Life. Oh, Hard Knock Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard Knock Life. Yeah, reject. But you had Organized Noise at the time. You had Outcast still bubbling. Absolutely. Master P, obviously. To make moves. Well, yeah, it was um, P.D. Pablo in North Carolina. Oh, two. P.D. was like, yeah, that was like, oh, two. And at um, the same time, y'all was bubbling, right? Yeah, but it was, the thing with P.D. was, and, you know, P.D., like, he was our delegate. You know, big respect to P.D., big shouts to him um, for laying that groundwork. P.D. was, he was, I mean, he was a little older than us. So, like, our, our OGs knew him, like, the Butter team, they were like a DJ crew in Durham. Mm -hmm. They knew him, but Pooh and I didn't really know him. Yeah. And, like, we would do interviews and... People be asking us, so what's it like working with Petey Pablo? And we like, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Just because we're in North Carolina don't mean we work Exactly. With I'm like, yo, I just, I'm like, listen, respect so you, to him, but. I never connected? Nah, I never connected, wow. man. And, and that was the thing. Like, we, you know, because the thing with the LB story was that, you know, a lot of the other artists that came that rep NC up until that point, even if you go all the way back to the days of like, you know, Yagfu Front. Right. Oh mm. God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Still <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like '94. You know they were from North Carolina, but they you know had to go to New York to make it. You know right. J Cole. You know what I'm saying? He broke out of out of New York. Yeah. Um, Petey. You know he. You know him working with Timberland that came out of New York. LB. We made it from the crib. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we came out at a time where you didn't have to go. It's like okay, if I can put this up on the net. 
and it immediately goes everywhere, then shit. You ain't gotta go nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of New York made it out of Atlanta. A lot no, of New, New York, York made it out of LA. Made it out of every place else but New York. Yeah. <laughs> New York made it out of everywhere else all but New biggest, York. All of our biggest stars over the last 10, 20, 50, 10, 10, LA, 10 years had to all had to go somewhere. Waka Flocka, yeah. Atlanta. Like yeah. there's a lot of artists that went Nikki. south. Nikki. Yeah. So yeah. what was the, what was those sessions like with Knife? Like, and was he the only only producer that you? This guys is the this is the resident producer. Yeah, I'm, I'm a producer. Nah, so I'm, I'm always man. into producing um, and artistic stuff. So. Those said those early sessions. This shit was like a it's like a social club. <laughs> it'd be this many people. Would, like, it'd be this many. Dorm, right? It'd be this. Nah, yeah. we was in uh yeah we was in uh my man's apartment. Cesar uh, Comanche. It'd be like this many people in the room. Mm. Like and t- the mic is like in like the right middle. in the middle. Like Tay and I were, we were right at his crib, or we were right in his car. So mm-hmm. we we were right together. We'll do that before we come in. But we'd be like, all right, everybody, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. <laughs> all right, go, nigga. Right. And then you rap. And so those times, I think a thing. One of the things that people didn't understand about Little Brother, Tay was the main producer in Little Brother. Mm. He was the guy. The ideas. Concepts, damn near the structuring. So it's kind of like what, uh, not to cut you off, but D Dot said, right? When D Dot was There's working one with thing him about man. making the beat and another thing about, about producing. producing. Yeah. A person could bring a beat to you and you'd be like, I know how to jazz this shit up. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's not to say Knife can't produce. It's just right. in Little Brother. It was a different dynamic. This was yeah, the producer. Yeah. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. And so it was a thing of, for us, it was like we would do our raps. It was like, all right, Pooh, you rap here. Okay, nigga, I did my rap. I'm going to go sit in the back and chill. <laughs> and then they would work on building the song out. Mm. And then we'd just be in there and be like a, like I said, like a social gathering. We'd just be in there talking and we just use people. Oh, you here? Yo, come come say this. Come line. do this part. We need to say, ho, I need everybody. Ho on three. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was that kind right, of shit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, every session. Like, and, so, and so that, so Knife was the only produce, the only beat maker. Yeah, at that time. There uh, on was the no first, other, well, other uh, Centric had the get up. He had the get up. Yeah, Centric, he was another member of our crew. Um, he also made beats on a computer, and Centric was raw. He did the get up on the listening. Centric was crazy. He ended up losing his beats in like a hard drive crash. Some RZA shit. And then he ended up going to law school. <laughs> He became. Yeah, a, he's wow. a lawyer now. Like, <laughs> like big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Big time, nah, man. that's my brother, man. Big yeah. ups to Cedric. But yeah, at the time, yeah, it was a Cedric. Um, crisis. Crisis ended up coming a little later. Yeah, a little later. He, he was, was still young. in high school. Mm. Yeah, Crisis uh, was in high school. He, he was, was he young. Was coming yeah. to the he was coming mm-hmm. to the college radio station. Sean Don is actually who found him. Mm. He was coming to the radio station, and Sean Don was like, "Yo, this kid, high school, we be at the radio station." He raw, he got beats. And that's he was making he, beats on computer too. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. how he ended up coming into the fold. I think, I think this whole thing is is what makes the Atlantic trip so crazy. Because again, the album doesn't do well. Y'all having beef. A lot of people will say Fonte never went to where we thought he yeah. was gonna go. We never, he, he never three stacked it out. You know, we never saw you do that. Yeah, and it all seemed to happen when you hit the majors. Yeah, so it's easy to place blame and think it was because of that. Of course. Yeah. Nah, yeah, and, and that was a big reason why, you know, we really wanted in making our documentary, you know, we really want to tell our story just in a beautiful and honest way. And just to let people see, it's like, listen, man, like, 
it's never the the fall of the group was never the fault of one person it was never the fault of one label you know this is the music but it's like dude we are people in our 20s trying to figure this shit out while at the same time trying to figure out how to negotiate a business and you know this was something that and I, I tell younger artists all the time it's even worse now you know with the internet and how things can go viral you know what I mean your music can travel further and it can go faster than you have the ability to develop as a human being mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying when people talk about artist development artist development is human development right you know what I'm saying like it don't matter how great you are as an artist if you got an ankle bracelet on that's as far as we going, cuz. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like, it don't matter. You have a number one record, whatever. It's like, yeah, I just got off papers. So oh, so yeah, salute, yeah, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you so you know, right? You know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, so far you can go. Yeah, so. You got an ankle bracelet on the chat, was like. So, yeah, so, and that's the part where, you know, we were, you know, we signed, I think the big part of Little Brother's story is that we were friends we were just learning each other as friends and as people and then we automatically were put into a position where we had to become business partners mm-hmm. and dude that is those are two completely different things and we were yeah. all growing into men yeah right. yeah this wasn't us doing this shit in our 40s nah. now you know what i mean so you we growing into men we're trying to Learn how to be friends, mm. and now we have to learn how to be business partners. But that shit was how, how was it going? Oh, first say, say it again. I said that shit was it was bound to be disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> the Too only thing that made sense right? was the music. Too many egos. <laughs> it couldn't. couldn't it wasn't any ego. It was just egos? we ain't no shit. Mm. And we and we learning this on the fly. Like right. there's no mentor. There's no big homie. There's no right. and everybody OG. Every, everybody part. moves differently, mm. and so. You got all this happening, and it's like, nigga, this is fucking goddamn cocktail of disaster. Yeah, and you and you don't have those conversations. Like, we, you know, we talk to, you know, particularly with groups, you know, it makes it, I think it's hard for a lot of groups to stay together because you don't understand that, like how you were saying earlier about, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to use this rap shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. I just think you have to have those conversations about it. So say if we're a group and I know Pooh is, okay, I rap, but like I really want to chef. Like that's really my passion. I want to cook, nigga. That's what I'm on. Mm-hmm. You can have that conversation and say, okay, look, well, check it out, bro. We can use LB as the platform for you to do your cooking thing. If you're into fashion, if you want to get into movies, we can use this as a platform to get into whatever it is you want to do. Oh, we no, just all have to have that understanding. Stones. Exactly. But stones. you got to have those conversations. Right. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Which we didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't even know how to, it's right. just, oh shit, like people like this. Okay, fuck it. Let's go. Like it was. Yeah. We got to do more. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. So, mm-hmm. so y'all got your deal and y'all signed to that independent label and y'all go on y'all first tour. <laughs> what was that like? Chaos. The first tour. <laughs> Hold on, which which first tour are we talking about? Yeah, the first I guess the two the, week the tour, first tour or the or the, or the, or the, the high road tour. The high road tour. The high road tour where the high road tour. Y'all had to share rooms and all that. Man, that shit was it was a master class in touring, mm. but it was complete fucking chaos. Shout out to Hyro, man. Like those yeah. were 
our big brothers. Like they like, really they, taught they, us. They the gave game. us the blueprint to how we toured. Mm -hmm. They taught us about merch. They taught us about not taking a lot of days off with how much that cost you. They taught us about professionalism mm -hmm. on stage. So we learned a hell of a lot from them. These are the kind of bonding moments you figure would bring a group closer together and kind of no, what, you, you learn each other because you're, you're, you're in the no. trenches with each other and no, you. No, no, no. This no. is what you. If you really want to know who somebody is, live with them. Live with them or tour with them. You that's can't the, hide. That's the same. You can't hide. So I think what it did for us was it allowed us to be sitting here with you today. Mm. Okay. That's what that did for us. That bond, even though we had our shit and we separated for that bond allowed us to eventually come back together and be here today. Yeah. Because well, it's like it's like war. It's like you like using the fox over somebody and like those are memories that you have that no one else is gonna understand. I mean that you talk about that first tour. I mean, dude, we were and again, you know, we talk about it in the doc, but like, I mean, it was us, it was uh Pimpin' Lee. You know what I'm saying? This guy Pimpley, who's a, who's a real pimp. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like real, yeah, real yeah. life, real life. You know what I mean? Not, not for play with it. You know what I mean? Shout out to Pimpley. Um, you know, uh, late night Billy was this white dude that was like crazy, just wild as shit. He would sell merch. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And um, you know, Encore, who was an artist on Hyro at the time. Z Man, Z Man, who was another artist. And then ID, who was uh, the guy that signed us to ABB. But mm -hmm. now he was working. He I, left ABB and went to Hyro. Yeah. So we're just all on this fucking RV driving through the but I mean the, the date was the, the whole tour was it was like 40 cities in 50 days. Mm. You know what I mean? It was 45 yeah. cities in 50 days. Yeah, 45. My, yeah, my 40, 45. 40, let's put it all on. Jeez. 45 cities in 50 days. And Hyro. These are so, venues. These are venues. This yeah. is real Dates. life. Different <laughs> This ain't this ain't virtual. This ain't a Zoom. And nigga. it was it was ten day off, then like thirty or thirty two straight, then like day off. I, that's where our tour ended because our RV broke down. Yeah, oh wow. God, we didn't yeah. even finish the tour. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I shit broke down. Yeah, we 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 broke down on the way to Chico. Mm. Um, <laughs> How long was the tour? Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. You yeah, cover all that territory. In six yeah, weeks. man. But that dope. But that was man. Again, I, that was Hyro, man. They were really, they really were the blueprint in a lot of ways because they showed us, like dog. I remember, I remember Dom Domino, who was like the the kind of guy yeah. that ran thing. Mm -hmm. I remember Dom getting on the bus with a briefcase, like full of money, like merch money, like mm -hmm. you know. Six figures in merch, just in merch, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And they were just such a machine. And I remember talking to him, and we was like, I was like, man, well, why don't you take no days off? Like, y'all got all these days. And he was like, yo, man, like, if you take a day off, you're spending money. You're losing money. He's like, because every time you take a day off, niggas still got to eat. They still got to sleep somewhere. You mm -hmm. still gotta, you know, pay you still have those driver. expenses. You still gotta pay the bus driver. Right, right. And so it really gave us an idea of just the economics of like, okay, this is what this takes to make this go. And Hyro at the time, they didn't have a record on the radio. They didn't have a record, you know, that was going up, they whatever. They didn't have a record deal. Did not have a record deal, but they mm -hmm. was eating. And right. 
I think that was something that when I look back on it now, 20 years after the fact, I think it was really just something that really uh, was a blueprint for us. We didn't understand exactly what we were learning, but now it was like, yeah, that was the spark of just seeing they, how you can move. They couldn't navigate you, you fellas, through the, through the issues that were coming? It wasn't that type of relationship. I said, it's yeah. on their own time. Just a working mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it, it was love. It was. It's all love. Yeah, yeah. yeah Even to this day, it's all love. Whenever we see them, but it wasn't. We didn't have that type of relationship. A mentor mentee. Yeah, yeah. and because then, and even too, it's like again, it was only so much they can do because they were coming off of a major label. Well, they had been off a major label, but they had, you know, ninety three till infinity, which was like a huge classic. hit yeah, record, yeah. a classic record. Yeah. So they kind of had that anchor that they could you know, work off of, and we were just coming into the game just with nothing, so gotcha. it was different. How come Knife wasn't a part of that tour? Or was he a part of that tour? And Man, they got to watch the documentary get off that. <laughs> <laughs> they got they to they tune in. We can't give them all the sauce, yeah, man. We, talk, I mean, oh, we, man. we talked about it in the doc, but uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the doc, but yeah, I mean, that was the decision that we made, but it's, it's in the documentary. They can mm-hmm. go into it, talk about it. Are things cool now? Uh yeah, I mean for me, I'm, I you know I speak for me, but yeah, um, everything I had to say in the doc regarding all of us, I said I let it go. Um, I've understood that, um, you know, I, the main thing we wanted to make sure that people got out of this doc was that it was never, it was never the fault of one person. Like we all played you our said fault. That before. You know what I mean? It was you know, and um, we really wanted to make something that was. Um, that was beautiful and honest, and above all else, we wanted to make a film that honors the music. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to make something, the last thing you want to do is make something that has people walking out like, damn, man, that's fucked up. Like, I don't even want to listen to this shit no more. <laughs> like, nah, like, we actually own the rights to that. Nigga, I want you to listen to it a lot. A lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so nah, man, um, I, you know, I don't have any, like, anger or ill will or, or none of that um i'm just thankful that we were able to make the music that we want to make and make the impact that we did and everybody's flourishing doing the things they love to do what what was your accountability in this like now that you're on the removed from it that you can look at I, i'm gonna swing right over to you with oh same question. you my, start off with yeah, yeah, my accountability um i probably should have spoke up more and really communicated, you know, how I was feeling about things or what I wanted. And I didn't do that. I didn't, I definitely didn't do that. Hmm. And then when I had the opportunity to do that in certain circumstances, I went too far. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Hands and feet type of thing? No, no, no. It's nothing physical. It's just, it's just when you know you have, or when I, when I understood in certain situations where I had the upper hand, Mm. I was in a position of power, so to speak. Mm. I took advantage. You of that. abused it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Abused it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and that was for me. That was coming from because even in little brother, I'm the little brother. Like I was the youngest, uh, and I was the least experienced mm. as well. So I had a lot of catching up to do. So when I had, when I got to wield the power stick, yeah. <laughs> pause. <laughs> yes. Keep going back. You learn fast. Yeah. Damn it, get it. Yeah. So when I when I got that opportunity, I took full advantage of it. And 
you know, I wouldn't do that today. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm more tactful, more, you know, mature, you know, you more. You said something sooner instead of letting it build up. I, it wouldn't have never got to that point. Okay. It would never get to that point today. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that it would get to back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, with, piggybacking on what Pooh was saying, I think it was, for me, it was just not having conversations. It was very much just doing, just thinking, focus, focusing solely on the product, but not really focusing on the people. Um, you know what I mean? And, and in any group dynamic, uh, or in any business or any organization, um, you're only as good as your people. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I was just, I very much had tunnel vision and all I focused on was the product. I was just like, yo, we gotta be nice. Like we coming out of the South, like niggas think this, they think we don't know, like fuck that. We wrap all these niggas on the table. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just that. So I was just focusing on the product, but I didn't really take time to really get to know Pooh as a person, right. you know what I mean? And understanding like, okay, well, He's really shy. Like he's a person that you know is, is he's. You only come alive when the mic come on. Yeah, like for real when the lights come on. Yeah, like he'll just be here and then he come on and he just turns it on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was definitely a, a mistake on my part. Just not looking, you know, looking back now, um, just not taking the time to really get to know the people that I was doing business with. The people, not their talent, but just mm-hmm. the people. So everything mm-hmm. was like poor communication. Absolutely. Shit. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, it was poor communication would be no great. Communication. None. Like, you know, oh, it was God. none no at all. You know what I mean? So what just was, sticking your head in the sand, ignoring the issue and moving forward. 100%. Just focusing, just like, ah, you know what? Fuck all that. I know we just had this fight before a show, but ah, what? fuck it. Let's just do this joint. Because I know we can do this. I know we can get this right. Right. The personal stuff, okay, I don't know how to navigate that. But we'll be I know how to make a record. We'll be fine. Niggas professional enough to get the work done. Yeah, and it's like after a while, you can only do that for so many times. It's just like, look, dude. Before you're putting a bullet wound, putting a band-aid, putting a band-aid over 100%. And that when was did y'all know Knife was a beast? Man, I think for me, when I saw it, it was... He, he came to my, to my room, wasn't my crib. It was my dorm room. He came to my dorm room. And he had played some beats. And this was previously, he would just come through and he would always have like new releases. So um, I remember when like Common, like Water for Chocolate album, uh, the bootleg drop. Dope album. And he had that. That's still my favorite Common album. Yeah. But, um, but he came through with that and he had like Black Star early. So he would just come through my room with just new music. And so one day he came through, he's like, yo man, I want to play you something. And... It was some of his beats. I didn't know they were his beats. I thought it was a new, okay, is this new Black Star? Is this new high tech? But what is this? He was like, this is me. I was like, nigga, what? (laughs) And, um, you know, so my thing was always in hearing him. And, you know, when we were talking in the early days of LB, my thing was always like, listen, man, I'm not trying to be the best in North Carolina. We're not competing against local artists. We're, you know, I remember we had copies like Slum Village and, um, you know, like water for chocolate in the studio. I'm like, bro, we're competing against this. Like, this is the bar. This, because the people who are going to the store, we're actually, we're essentially asking them to make a choice with their dollars. You know what I'm saying? And I always remember, um, like, reading old books about Motown and stuff and how Barry Gordy, 
would have focus groups and he would play a record and mm -hmm. he would ask them, yep. yo, if you had a choice between buying a loaf of bread or buying this record, what would you buy? Mm. And if motherfuckers was like, I'm going to buy a loaf of bread, then the record didn't come out. Mm. And, you know, now, I mean, you know, people look at that as a hard, you know, wait, but it was really him just understanding that the audience, listen, they dealing with real life shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're really having to make these choices of, okay, I really like this Supreme single, but nigga, I like dinner too. So, right, you right, know right, what I right, mean? Right, right. <laughs> if this Supreme joint ain't ringing off, then, you know what I mean? And so that was kind of the thing. And so when I I saw with, with um, the music we were making and with the beats Knife was making your original question, I, I just thought that it was on par with anybody else that was making records at that time. You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, we not competing <clears throat> with just the local we banging against the big boys because we have that capacity. How did, how, how, how did y'all feel about like when he got the call to go work with Hov? I was happy for him. Yeah. Like, it's Jay-Z, my nigga. Like, <laughs> so so I, I'm asking that question. Of course, I would expect y'all yeah, to be yeah. happy for him because he basically come from y'all tree. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But y'all had the original, you know, source. Of of Ninth Wonders music and this, production. This this is the thing. I think the best way I can put it. I think a lot of people want to believe that our issues or whatever with him stemmed from something music or. No, I know what it stemmed from. I'm just not. Gonna no, say no, it. no. Yeah, let, let let me get it out. <laughs> but but for us, it was just once you come to understand who people are. So whether that's me and him or me and you or whoever, then you say, okay, I either decide I want to continue working or being friends with this person or I don't. Mm. And that has nothing to do. We made great music together. Shit. Absolutely. Please go play it. The listeners, the mystery show, go play that shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Make great music. Yeah. But as we were moving forward, we just understood like, okay, we not the same. Mm. And... It's nothing you can do about that. It's like right. you, you are who you are. You know what I mean? At the mm -hmm. end of the day, and and that's what that's mostly what it came down to. Like it wasn't a nigga made great beats, so it wasn't a oh nigga beats trash. I'd never say that. Right. I'd be a fool to say that. But as person to person, it just wasn't working. Mm. And so I yeah. respect that. Yeah. Respect at that time, but no, nah, yeah. I mean that when we heard out place, I was like, holy shit. You yeah, know, it like, was just like, man, yeah. you know, excited. it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I still remember going to this when we was on the tour, came to New York, and we got, baseline. we got to go to baseline, and we mm. sitting in there. Jay had that shit on one hundred, and he's sitting in the back of the room looking at us, and I'm looking at him like, <laughs> <laughs> legit. You know what I'm saying? So nah, yeah. that was that it was, was a great moment. Great man. moment. Yeah. Great we moment. we always want to see unity. We hate we hate it when the, no one wins when the family feuds. They're yeah. real big on that. Even if even if the best thing we can do for each other is get along without malice. Hundred percent. Like that's acceptable for me. As long as we not beefing. We ain't gotta be like bosom buddies, but as long as we not beefing. I don't yeah. wanna, I don't wanna be fighting with nobody. Nah, man. I mean, nah. I, I, again, I mean, you know, I we, we speak about it in the documentary, but you know, I, I right, definitely go watch the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Got, I yeah. watched it. Y'all <laughs> gotta watch it. The, the answers are in the documentary. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nah, I mean, listen, man. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, man, you know, I just look at it like this was in particular, like with Knife. It's like, man, this was a guy 
I met over a Source magazine, and three years later, we was in a Source magazine. Right. That's crazy. Y'all had a. Like, they oh, had a, oh, 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 oh. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, definitely. No, but we got to clap it up for this. They got four mics, too. Yeah, yeah. That was our first one. Oh, yeah, four. Oh, yeah. hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, they got so, yeah, four pauses. Yeah, <laughs> so no, man, it's never. It's like, <laughs> no, no, four of them pauses. Four of them. So, yeah, so no, man, it's God never. It. It's never no beef. It's never uh, any of that. It's always just. A love and appreciation for just being, you know, survivors and for just being able to sit here 20 years later and tell mm -hmm. our story and, you know, to still have an audience that is receptive mm -hmm. and like get it. That's the beauty in it, man. Okay. You know? Okay. So tw 20 years later, who is little brother now? Fonte Coleman and Thomas I, Jones. I don't mean the group. I mean, oh, okay. who are you as people? Who? Oh, man. People who like to be in the house. <laughs> introverts. Uh, yeah, introverts. Always been that. They don't like people. <laughs> nah, man. I, I think I think because people always ask us like, "Yo, when we get a new album? I know that new album coming. I know." And of course, throughout our careers, we was known album tour, album tour, album tour. But we've evolved into so much more at this point. So, you know. We work on other people's albums together. We mm, yeah. did the movie. Um, yeah. we, did we did the, the block, party. block party. Yeah, block party made in uh, We know, cooked together. We like, cooked we together. Even, yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, so we, Little Brother is something much more than just make an album, go tour. Yeah. But like, we scouting new talent? Not necessarily scouting new talent. Like, you know, because we, we in different fields. So like right. he worked mostly with singers. I worked with rappers. So. Right. Um, my artist Luke, mm -hmm. when I was working, you know, doing his album, I got to a point we had been working on it so long, I was in the weeds trying to sequence it. Talking to him about it, he he heard my frustration. He was like, yo, man, let me let me put my ears on it. Mm -hmm. And they sent back the sequence. The sequence you hear today is the sequence that man did. Mm -hmm. wow. like, yeah, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we help each other in that way. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we we whatever each other needs. Feed off each other energy. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. we we have we know, you know, we have a, a synergy. You know what right. I'm saying? So it carries over into other things, and not just us in the studio working on Little Brother records. Mm -hmm. And that's that's who we are. And we we brothers, man. Like, you know, shit. Half oh, the time yeah. we get on the phone, we ain't talking no business. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we, nah. we talking. We talking life this, shit. Life <laughs> shit. What have you done? What haven't you done that you still want to do? Me? Either one. Win Master Chef. Chef Ramsey. Coming for you, Chef Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, I got I gotta get up there with Chef with Ramsey, Edon Sanchez, and Joe. Um, and uh I think for me, other than that, it's probably, you know, I'm about to start. Nah, I ain't gonna talk about that. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> um now I got a couple things that I wanna do that's not necessarily um Music based. Me, me putting out an album or something like that. You know, when I put out music now, it's just me. I'm just having fun. I'm just mm -hmm. experimenting with things, doing stuff that I don't care what it does. Number wise, I'm doing stuff for me. Yeah. But it's it's definitely you know the cooking thing, the working with artists, artists still you know helping them, and then the other thing I'm end up doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that other yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, about later. Yeah, I think for me, I think it's just um, still um, enjoying just working in TV. Uh, I really enjoy that. Like I've written songs for Sesame Street. That what? was like a crazy, yeah. Um, <laughs> you go Sesame Street. The uh, fuck? Yeah, I was a rapping banana on Sesame Street. Pause. The pause and pause. Nah, yeah, I was a, I was a rapping you banana. You tell me how you get to Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, you know, I've written songs for Sesame. Um, I, I worked on Sherman Showcase, uh, which was a show that was on AMC. And um, Drop it low for Jesus, like that shit will not die. Like the people still send that mm. to me. That was a song that uh, mm. I co-wrote. Um, nah, man, I just enjoy. Um, I enjoy working in television, and, and more so than that, uh, I just enjoy just giving artists a chance. And um, I think a lot of times people. I remember Issa Rae. She said something that really stuck out to me. She said, "You know, a lot of times artists, their first idea." is to reach up when instead they should reach across. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a video, if you an artist and you want a video, you might be thinking, oh, I need this person, I need this big name. But it's like, yo, it's probably the homie right next to you with the camera that's nice with it. Mm -hmm. You know, give shout him- Shout out to KK47. Yo, sir, shout out to KK, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like having those people in your team. It's like, you know, if you working with producers and it's like, Oh, I want to work with Pharrell, you know, which is great. I mean, Pharrell is amazing, but there's probably a Pharrell in your camp right. that you can actually build with and work with together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel me? Yep. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, that was something that um that I enjoy just that community building aspect of just really connecting the pieces and just putting people on, giving brothers opportunity and um at, at this stage of my career, I get more, I think I get more fulfillment out of that than really mm -hmm. doing things for myself. Just being able to kind of pass that wisdom on, and you know, just to it's like, listen, man, y'all gonna make mistakes, nigga, make some new mistakes. <laughs> Don't make the same the shit we teacher. did. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, make some new, fuck up in a new way. You know, what I, mean? I, have, I have one more question. Sure. Um, because I'm thinking about how my mindset was at the time when you, when you guys, a little brother, slum village. Um, dilated peoples mm -hmm. and a few other um groups were out and Kanye came in. Yeah. Right with his production, right? So we already had Pete Rock, we already had Knife Wonder, uh DJ Premier and uh slew of other producers who were soul sample based on the production. Did Kanye West coming in the game influence like you guys production, your artistic value you getting a deal in any way because now it's like all the labels were wanting to him for production yeah nah it time. was it wasn't him influencing us space. yeah we other influenced him it was the other way around yeah yeah i was I, we i met kanye before through the wire this coming off the blueprint and all that mm -hmm. um was at a conference at <laughs> Durham. shit it was me kanye consequence consequence <laughs> young gaff mm. um, that was the i remember that morning that was the day that like Something that happened, this was some New York shit. It was like some guy hit like killed. Remember it was like that fucking serial killer or something? The, the, the nigga on the train. The, yeah. Oh, Bernard Getz. Yeah. Nah, no, no, not that early. No. He, he, he was he like I know he I had him like he killed somebody. He was like a ballet dancer or something. It was crazy. And he went and killed somebody. But all I remember in the newspaper, his picture 
was him with like, like these yellow pants, pants doing the split. And he was doing the split on the train, and that was the picture that they used. <laughs> and consequence crazy. went on I that shit for like an hour. Yo, you see this shit, son? That's Look crazy. at this nigga, son. I wake up to this nigga on Sunday morning. How you get murdered by Maxwell, son? Like it was yeah. just him. It was just consequence going for like for an, an hour. hour. We was yeah. dying laughing, holding the paper like this. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, yo. But I, like, we was at the conference, and that's when I met Kanye, mm. and um. Like he knew who we were and all that. Like that's when we ended up recording uh, I, I See, See Now. Yeah, yeah. That weekend, I had him up in the strip club going crazy. Um, <laughs> shout out to Brothers Three. You know what I'm saying, Brothers Three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they back too. They back. They back. Are you serious? I think it's a different name, but they back. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> that's another conversation. Yeah. All right now, bro. All right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, I know my name is over, but yeah. No, this, this, this is this is old us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is old us. But um. But nah, like we we just we we connected at that time, and you know him come. We did the studio, and then every time he would come in town or whatever, he would call. We ended up doing shows together, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just one of them things where you know a lot of people was like, oh, I mean Kanye even had to quote himself like, I seen a dude with my style before y'all yeah. know who I was, and I had to be him to the punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now nah, he said that. I mean, that was because yeah. he saw my verse that I got for the yo-yo, the, my, my quotable that I got in the, in the source, source yeah. and was like, oh, this guy going to get to my style to me before I do it. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, for me, it was just, again, back to your original qu- your question about just kind of where I was at the time. I was just tunnel vision. Like, I was not looking at no other MCs, no other producer. I just got to do me. We got to keep this LB thing going. So I was never even looking at a Kanye as a competition or looking at, I wasn't even paying attention yeah. to it. So when I heard him say it, I was like, damn, like, for real? He's like, looking at you like the ball. Exactly. He's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're on Rockefeller. You're on Rockefeller. Nigga, we're on ABB. It's yeah. like, you, you got a Rockefeller <laughs> chain. It's like, you're balling at Madison Square Garden, nigga. We at the Y, dog. Like, you know what I mean? We, it's like, nigga, this is, nobody, we are no threat to you at all. Nobody yeah. who looked at your talent felt like that. Mm. No one who yeah, looked at what you were able to do as far as production was concerned, as far as rapping was concerned, as far as singing was concerned, nobody looked at you like, a little brother. Yeah, yeah. Especially in that era. You influenced a lot of motherfuckers who directly took your shit. Kanye can't really sing. You can really sing. <laughs> right, right, right. You dig right. what I mean? Right. And yeah, those, yeah. those soul and samples, everybody knows that your talent in a different system, little brother in a different system, Fonte by himself in the Pooh by himself in a different system, it becomes a different animal. Yeah. Imagine Kobe Bryant if he played for the Spurs. With one coach, one team, <laughs> and those those supporting cast around him, and nothing switches around. Yeah, those five rings become possible, maybe more. You think what I mean? With a yeah, solid with support, system. Yeah, but every if if you're on Rockefeller, it lands different. If you guys go to Def Jam and end up on Jive, mm-hmm. with your man who Chris already Light, with Chris, Chris Light, yeah, who gets who, who's a rest in peace, who's a guru, who was a guru, you land with him. Thing becomes different. Yeah, man, we landed right where we supposed to. Right. Nah, we exactly. Say less. <laughs> exactly. Little brother, people. Little brother. Little brother. I got that documentary, man. Yeah, Check made a little wise. More hand claps, goddamn. All right. <laughs> Thank y'all, man. 
Bust down Rollie for the hell of it It's my time to shine, spotlights is my element Fuck a plain Jane, don't insult my intelligence I don't plan on selling it, so I don't see the relevance You niggas having porn shop nightmares I'm light years ahead of niggas, even on a light year Don Perignon, stain the laces of my night years Born poor, but I'ma die rich, nigga, life's fair